I'm at the Red House with Amber from Good Is Dead Studios. Hello. I hope people can hear me. <laughs> You're wearing a lot of layers over your face. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> this is how I look. <laughs> That's your normal self? This is just me. I like it. You should use concerts like that. <laughs> <laughs> I am so hot right now. <laughs> how are you doing? Welcome to the Red House. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. It's my favorite time of the year, so I'm pretty happy. How did you find yourself uh, doing this Good as Dead studio thing? Ah, it's, it's kind of interesting. I didn't really start with my current studio till this year. But before Good as Dead studio, I had another studio called Pixel Pearl Studio. Worked at that about, I would say, five-ish years. Um, was doing pretty good with it. And then um, it was more like kind of like cutesy little things like flowers and animals and various stuff like that, freelance kind of stuff. And then 2020 hit and no one needed um, any, any illustrations or artwork or anything custom made. So it was kind of limping along for about a year. I, I, you know, I was starting to see the writing on the wall. And I remember with my previous studio, I had deleted my newsletter because no one was opening anything. You know, it's just the vibe, obviously, of the time. And I just remember thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, this thing is as good as dead. I just need to put this studio to rest and move on. And so um, I'm like, actually, that would be a pretty good studio name. <laughs> and I've always doodled spooky things in my, my journals, my sketchbooks. Um, back in college, you know, there were little ghosts and witches on my margins of my, my notes. So I'm like, you know, why, what better time to just focus on doing what I want to do? And if people want to join in and come along with me on the journey, great. If not, that's fine too. So it was, it's a zero pressure endeavor. Well, what I'm going to say now is I hope that you people <laughs> appreciated the effort I put into this introduction to the episode, but I can't, I can't actually Go for it, yeah. It's, it's... <laughs> I, can't, I can't sincerely listen to your answers looking like there this. There you go. It's also so. a little hard to know where to focus. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do a face reveal. So. Ta-da. Hello. Hi. <laughs> we'll put this guy here. As I was go. telling you, Amber, this was a mask I've had since like middle school. Nice. So, was your previous endeavor as... Yeah, you might have mentioned this, but was your previous endeavor like quite as spooky? No. It wasn't. No, I mean I would do seasonal things. So when Halloween would roll around, Halloween appropriate artwork and then Christmas artwork and then Thanksgiving artwork and then like spring and so it was more I was really trying to get licensed at that point and I was actually talking to an art licensing agent mm. in March of twenty twenty, just literally two weeks before everything happened. And then, um, so I think that would have progressed very well, but you know, once the pandemic hit, she was obviously for, you know, um, understandable reasons, um, wanted to keep her current group of illustrators employed as much as possible. Mm. So she wasn't really taking on any new, any new artists. So that was when I was kind of like, okay, I don't know how long this stuff is gonna last, how long we're gonna be doing this, you know, thing and how long, you know, people are going to kind of have the pause button on orders and, you know, freelance work. So, yeah, but no, it was nowhere near as spooky. Um, 
is licensing is that kind of the the ideal path for you mm, not anymore no okay um i think i like i think i would rather kind of stay a free agent yeah <laughs> yeah and like sell on like do e-commerce and stuff yeah so i do have a couple of things up on my shop but i'm not really focused on selling anything right now i am sort of doing artwork as people find me and ask for things um so there's this uh current um play group out of charlotte north carolina called postmortem players um and chris contacted me and asked me to do some artwork for his current round of plays that he's doing this weekend actually um in concord so i was able to do some of that um you contacted me for for something and then i'm also doing a second round of artwork for postmortem players in December, they're doing some Victorian ghost story plays. So that sounds down your alley. Yeah, very down my alley, and <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's just nice because he appreciates my style mm-hmm. and just gave me free reign, and that's sort of what I'm looking to do right now. Yeah, it's just you know, like, hey, you want to do this? Sure, and I run off and do my thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Not have to like, like stay within. You can stay within your style, not have to like. Exactly. Always have to adjust to whatever somebody else is looking for. Exactly, or keep up with a trend or anything like that. I'm not. I'm not a trendy. Yeah. Person. <laughs> well. All right. What? Why Halloween? Why spooky? Why ghosts? Why ghouls? Like, wh- where did this love come from? As far back as I can remember, uh, I my my mom always made Halloween fun. Um, we had the homemade costumes and then we would go trick or treating in my grandmother's neighborhood. And this neighborhood was fantastic. Mm. It was, these people would do up their yards. I distinctly remember one guy laying in a coffin and he would kind of pop up to give you candy. Uh They would create haunted walkthroughs. And I just remember, and then we'd come home and eat a little bit of candy and watch like, it's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown and my all time favorite, the Garfield Halloween special Mm. that would come on TV and, it's like, this is fun. And as a kid, you know, of course you love Christmas. So it was sort of the gateway to the other holidays. And you knew that, okay, this, it's fall. You know, we still have Thanksgiving and Christmas to look forward to. But mm-hmm. yeah, she always made it a good time. And, I, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember as a kid, the first time I ever saw, uh, like, I don't know where my, our parents took my sister and I, but we went to a place where somebody was on a porch dressed as like a ghoul of some sort mm-hmm. and as we approached the porch they jumped and yep. that's like <laughs> the scariest <laughs> thing of my life up until I was like in my you know into adulthood yeah. that was like the most traumatizing memory I had it is and I you know I remember my parents taking us it was a haunted forest I, I want to say in our neighborhood or somewhere very near our neighborhood and you know hearing my dad shout and scream was very entertaining and mm-hmm. it was just a lot of fun yeah. Yeah. So for the trauma gatekeepers, I misspoke. I, surely I have other traumas, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that was a good one. Um, all right, we got to talk about all the Halloween favorites. Okay, so let's do it. First, let's talk about our set. All right. What do we have here? Um, I've got a couple of keepsakes from my life. Like I mentioned, I've got the mask from middle school. I have this weird book. A pumpkin full of poems that I found Ooh. at a thrift store not too long ago. And they're just like kids' poems. I have this black cat uh, that used to be a doorstop as, on my door as for my door as a kid growing up. I got a couple of pumpkins, some that I grew and some that I bought. And then I brought uh, 
We've got Mr. Edgar Allan Poe's Complete Works here and, and a rubber skull. Yeah, very much appreciate the Poe yeah. collection there. Well, um, so pretty much most of everything I brought is new, except the light-up um, stand of jack-o'-lanterns here. I've had that, ooh, probably for more than, I'd say about 10, 15 years, if not more. So really? it's just, it's followed me everywhere. <laughs> It's very realistic looking. Yeah, I love it. I think I got it. I honestly don't remember where I got it, but it's always the first thing I plug in when I decorate. <laughs> where did this guy come from? I do not remember where he came from, but he's probably, I probably had him just as long as I've had the jack-o'-lantern. Oh, yeah? Um, so I've had him for a, a pretty long time. Classic um, ghost face. Yeah. So, and he used to hang outside, but um, then I, I sort of got some replacement ghosts for that and brought him indoors because he's a little fragile on the inside. Mm. Wasn't ready to say goodbye to him yet. Yeah, I can understand. I got that skeleton at Goodwill for like $2. This one right here? Yeah. That one's awesome. He's also got some fragility. Like, I can't do a lot with him, uh, but I, I usually just keep him by the door there. But yeah, he's pretty cool. He is pretty cool. Pretty creepy, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of dances. Nice. So what is your costume today? Well, I, w I was trying for a witch, but I could not find a witch hat to save my life anywhere yesterday. I've, I went to about five different places, and then eventually I was like, you know, I'm just going to wear this little pom-pom <laughs> uh, antenna thing. So I'm, I'm sort of going for um, maybe a spider lady because mm. I, have, I have a red cape, and then I have the little, we'll say spider kind of antenna here and then I have my little spider pet on my knee love it so and then my my Halloween necklace that I have that you know I apologize to the listeners but it's probably a little jingly and loud <laughs> but um, my husband bought this for me actually as I think uh, was it a birthday gift or an anniversary gift or something like that it's super cool yeah so he gets me very well so. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think I am the pumpkin I think I was when I had the mask on a jack-o'-lantern because I was like orange with a scary face. But That's true. Since I can't sustain the jack-o'-lantern status, I think I'm now just the pumpkin. I'm very orange. <laughs> <laughs> very jack-o'-lantern-esque. Very, very orange indeed. But you dressed up, which is awesome. Exactly. A yeah. lot of people don't even make an effort anymore. This, this orange bodysuit came from... A Halloween where I was uh, dressed as a naked mole rat. Really? Yeah. That's so I, not a costume you see every day. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> uh, I was, I was like, I was dating someone who was going to school doing research on naked mole rats at the time, oh. and I was like going to visit. There was like a costume party, so I had this with I think like a pig nose and two teeth, like two pieces of straw sticking out of them. Uh, as like mole rat teeth. That sounds truly terrifying, actually. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> ugly. Really, did you have to explain a lot what you were, or were people just sort of keeping their distance? We definitely, yeah, uh, had yeah. to explain it, yeah. Cause it, uh, and especially among the scientists, the sense of humor is different, you know? Oh, really? Yeah. They're not like, <laughs> you know, they're, oh. they're kind of <laughs> brainy. Is it, more, is it more of sort of like a, an appreciative nod? Like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. That's what I experienced Got for it. sure. Yeah. What's been your favorite costume? Okay, this had? is great. <laughs> Let's go through all the costumes. Just my little pet. The earliest one. Okay, what was that one? Okay, the earliest costume I remember being was a clown. 
mm-hmm. I won some kind of contest at it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's my laundry. <laughs> I won some kind of <laughs> that worked. Housework never wait. <laughs> <laughs> I won some kind of contest at church at dressed as a clown. Then I um, then I remember being a vampire at one point. I used to dress up as Power Rangers all the time. And then the fir- when I first started getting creative with costumes, I think one of the first ones I remember, which might answer your question, one of my favorite ones, I was an organ grinder. So, like, I built a cardboard box that was hollow that was the organ, and I had, like, a stuffed monkey on my shoulder, and I could open the cardboard box, and that's how I took candy from people. That's pretty cool. It was cool. People really complimented that one. Yeah. Everything between then to, to this other one, was kind of generic as far as I can remember. Uh, one other favorite that was creative was I was a vegan zombie. <laughs> so <laughs> I dressed up as like a, a hipster, uh-huh. but, you know, uh, a dead one. Right. A- and I had a T-shirt that said, beans, not brains. That's awesome. <laughs> Actually, I like that one. <laughs> that one was a good one, if I do say so myself. <laughs> that one was pretty creative. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Any iconic classics? I would have to say this goes back to like my early years, but um, my mom, we had a few homemade costumes. I think my favorite was uh, a California raisin. I don't know if you remember those. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but she, (laughs) we had like the black leggings and the the black long sleeve shirt, and then she stuffed a garbage bag (laughs) around us and like stapled it in various places to kind of look like a raisin. That's really good. And then we had the little white gloves. (laughs) It was fantastic. And also you could move easily, which was nice. I've had a few restrictive costumes. Yeah. And again, some masks where you can only have a certain field of vision and you yes. can hardly breathe. And so but it was it was wonderful. That's really That's my good. favorite. That, that's the one that sticks out the most. Did you have a did you like the one I had some of the little figures and they had like saxophones or skateboards oh, or different them. things? Oh yeah. Did you have like a prop? A pro- oh a prop? Hmm. I don't remember. I don't remember. I just remember the garbage bag. Yeah, that's fantastic. Where she just hold still, stable, 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 stable. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course, like my pail for candy. But that's uh, we. I might have had a bow tie. I think. Yeah. Um, that's really all I can remember about that. I don't remember a prop. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised. Do you? Uh, do you always dress up? No, I haven't. Um, I sometimes like to dress up for the little trick-or-treaters, um, but I haven't for the past few years, but I, I've, I, you know, hoping we get more kids this time around, so maybe I'll still be able to find a witch hat somewhere, but yeah. if not, I also have this headband of skulls um, that light up and flash, so that might be kind of fun if I'm sitting outside at night, mm-hmm. but uh, I haven't been to any parties in a while. Um, or anything like that. I do have a lot of Halloween themed t-shirts. So that's mostly what I wear ah, and jewelry gotcha. and shoes. <laughs> so it's <laughs> like normal apparel that you can wear out. Yeah. That I'll wear at Christmas. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you 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 Halloween all the time. I do. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> it is. I, I, I am not decorated for Halloween all the time, except in my studio. I have a few things. Mm up constantly but the rest of the house stays pretty neutral most of the year and then september 1st i'm pulling that stuff out and hooking up the lights and pulling out the jack-o'-lanterns and yeah 
So that we're on an important category. Okay. And we have others we can move to, but uh, we, we should exhaust we should exhaust the costume category. Yeah. Can you remember any particularly memorable costumes that you've seen on other people that you're that you're like, oh, that's great. Um, I think this was before I think it made it its round on the internet, um, and people started seeing it quite often. But I do remember, I was in my teens, I think, and I saw some guy who had a bunch of those small little cereal boxes, like, stuck to cardboard, like a cardboard front, like, you know, kind you wear for advertising. Mm-hmm. And he had knives in all of them, and he was a serial killer, which I thought was pretty creative <laughs> at the time. Um, I've seen, uh, I saw a Venus flytrap. That was actually, someone had huh. constructed it around... Um, she had constructed around her head and she had a little pulley that would open and close it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that one was pretty neat. Yeah. Just from the sheer mechanics of it, I think. That is cool. So I saw a girl do a mushroom and it was uh, cause some of those, some of those categories of costume, that style of costume, it's all about like the craft of making it mm-hmm. sometimes. And yeah, she did a mushroom that had all the, whatever they're called, like quills or cell cell or gills or I don't know what they are but all the little drapey things yeah. underneath the hat so she just had this big round hat thing on I, I really appreciate the effort that goes into the homemade yeah homemade stuff I think those are my favorite for sure yeah I remember once it actually didn't happen and if she hears this I'm still mad about it but <laughs> <laughs> I was working with some people and we had already agreed we were going to like show up to work dressed up for uh-huh. Halloween. And I did, but I p- had a play on that anyway. So I just like wore a suit and I said I dressed up like uh, dressed up like a pun. Yeah. <laughs> but no one else did. And yeah. so that was a bummer. Like everybody just didn't. Um, oh. And the, and the a girl I worked with said she was going to be all of the gems from the office from all the Halloween episodes. So she'd have the name tag, and she'd have maybe a reference to the Popeye costume, maybe a reference to Three Hole Punch Jim. My husband did the Three Hole Punch Jim. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> classic Jim. It is, <laughs> and you know, it's not until you become an adult and you truly get your first adult job you really appreciate the office mm-hmm. so much more. You're like, this makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, <laughs> combination of personalities, you know. Yeah. Trying to pass the time peacefully. Exactly. Just trying to survive till five, you know? Yes. Yeah. All right. Another obvious important question. Yeah. Halloween candy. Mm. What are your, if you're, if you're, all right, we got to talk about the philosophy. What do you like to hand out? There's a difference between what you like to hand out versus if you were trick-or-treating right now and what you would want from someone. I... I will admit I do not do the full size candy bars, but I do the the next level down. Not exactly the really tiny ones, but sort of the mid scale. Uh-huh. So I do those, and then we don't have a lot of children in our neighborhood. So when you could kind of tell it's wrapping up, the last few kids really make out because I'm just like <laughs> grab a huge handful like here, and the parents' eyes get really big and like enjoy like your 15 pounds of candy. But I do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. So, but. I um, I think I I want to at one year too. I've I found these little kind of um, individually wrapped like little smushy skeletons, 
that you could kind of hand out. I'm not sure like if there's like an age range on those or not, but mm. kind of hand them out with candy. So it's always, I always found it was really fun to get an interesting little toy in my bag when yeah. I was trick-or-treating, you know, but then you get the standard like raisins. Yeah. Hated that. Yeah. Like, what, what are you thinking? Dude, I hated, yeah, I hated the yeah. raisins. And, and Toothbrush. Yeah. Like, come on, come on. Like, you're why not my even, mom. Why even participate? Like, <laughs> yeah. just, you're just asking to have your house egged and rolled. It's just so <laughs> contrarian. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's like if you were having a, if you were having a tooth, if, if there, if you went to the dentist and there were, it's like if there was a dentist that handed out candy instead of toothbrushes, it's just like. Just do the thing that you're supposed to do. You don't yeah. have to be so weird all the Play time. Play the role. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's little kids wanting free candy, and here you are. Here, here's your brush. Here's your apple. Here's your, you know. They probably have a toothbrush. Eat your vitamins. <laughs> yeah. Flintstones vitamins. What if somebody handed those out? Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Those little um, the zebra-striped candy-looking things, too. Like, I wouldn't even taste those. They were, like, white, look like... They look like taffy or something in a way, uh, but they had little thin black stripes on them. Oh, I don't remember those. No? No. Yep. I was always really bummed to get black licorice. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of that. Like, Pretty much that? anything that wasn't like mainstream, like recognizable candy was just kind of annoying. Like, yeah. Even if you got, I don't know, like if you just got like a weird little piece of shiny red something in like a clear Teflon wrapping. That was a little more disappointing than, say, getting a little Reese's or something. Yeah. You know? And then I remember getting a popcorn ball once. I'm like, ooh. But then you realize it's hard as a rock. Huh. So you, I'm like, how am I going to eat this? So you have to beat it into a million pieces. <laughs> <laughs> and by that point, it's just scattered all over the floor. And we're just like, oh, well, okay. Beat it. Yeah, <laughs> you have to like slam it onto something hard, and so it just shatters, and then then you know you're, you're oh, oops, you're breaking a tooth on it. See, this is yeah, <laughs> no dexterity. You need something with something more, like a, a <laughs> Dude, handle. They should make this with like pads. Anyway, I dropped my Lacroix. All right. Yeah, <laughs> he couldn't hold onto his cup. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, yes, yes, but the candy is important. Like if I was going right now. I would basically exclusively want chocolate-related stuff, I think. Like, mm. I feel like that's that's what I was most excited about. Smarties were cool. Yes. Um, like, Jolly, Ro- Jolly Ranchers. Um, jo- maybe some gum. I did like the eyeball the eyeball gum balls. Yeah, I do remember that. Those I liked. I was pretty excited for Skittles. Oh, well, yeah. And How then, can I forget um, Skittles? They're, like, my favorite. Yeah, hot tamales. We get the little tiny boxes of those. Were pretty cool. I love Twizzlers. Mm. Um, okay, so you're into yeah. that. You're into a category. You're into a branch of of candy that I didn't appreciate as much as a kid. So we could have swapped. Yeah. <laughs> which is what we did a lot too. Like right. I hate this. Here, give me that. Like playing cards. Yeah. Yeah. It's currency. Did you ever? In <laughs> I remember red vines as a kid, but like. Only as a kid, and now I only see Twizzlers anywhere around this area. Yeah, I haven't looked in a while, but yeah, yeah. I never did like Twizzlers uh, oh. or spicy candy as a kid. It was all I just like either. For, I mean, like you're right, Skittles. Skittles were pretty important. They were my favorite candy. Is uh, Tootsie Rolls were my original favorite candy. Tootsie Rolls are great. Yeah, especially the. The like lesser known ones, like the purple ones and the white ones and oh. stuff. 
I never. Where are those now? I don't know. That's what I need to find those. We we do. This Halloween tomorrow. I'm where, gonna, where's I'm the go retro candy? <laughs> yeah. And where are the witch hats? Yeah. <laughs> I'm still gonna harp about that. I wonder if Mass General Store has any of those old Tootsie Rolls. Ooh, I, I bet they would. You would think if anyone does, I it would bet be them. They would. They have a pretty impressive selection of stuff you don't normally do. see in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And weird gummies. Oh, my God, the gummies. They've got the gummy eggs. Have you seen those? I have not seen the gummy eggs. The gummy um, spiders used to terrify me. Gummy spiders? Yeah, candy that we could eat. Were they big? No, they were little. Um, probably about the size, um, maybe of a quarter. Hmm. But, yeah, I've just... I'm actually making progress having a little fake spider sitting Oh, in the really? So you don't like... So spiders are your big fear? They are. Interesting. Yeah. Now we're into a new so I, I'm, category. I'm, I am what scares you the most, so we can exploit it. Man, if this episode didn't have to turn around so quick, I think I would like edit the hell out of it and, <laughs> and go by category throughout the episode, and I'd add all these sound effects. I don't know if I'll be able to actually do that unless I really stay up late tonight. Well, we could go back to the candy thing. Were you ever terrified of the Pop Rocks urban legend eating it with soda or anything? No, no. I don't we even were. know about that. Oh, there was this urban legend going around when we were kids that if you ate Pop Rocks and then took a swig of soda, your stomach would explode. Hmm. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Something maybe about all the fizzy fizziness going on. Honestly, I have wondered before what the hell happens to people if they eat a Tums and drink soda. Because oh. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. Like, do they just, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> well, if you have any friends that will do anything, you should dare them. I don't know if I'd want to. <laughs> I should just Google it. Somebody's bound to have tried this. I'm pretty sure there's a, or somebody. there's a, yeah, okay, it, nothing happens. Yeah. Yeah. You might well, burp. <laughs> <laughs> Probably is all it is. So, fear. Yes. Why? <laughs> so you are an arachnophobe. I, I, I'm not as terrified of them as I used to. I still don't like them. Um, I'm it's, it's just something about them. I just don't know what it is. And. I've gotten better. I will, if someone is around me, I'll say, can you please remove this creature and put it outside and, mm. you know, instead, of, instead like, of just all of swatting and killing it. I try to, I do know they have a purpose. Yeah. But, um, you know, when we moved here, we have a basement, so we would get the cellar spiders. Yeah. And I've learned not to be too terrified of those. They're gnarly looking. And I remember first walking in going, what are these things? And they're everywhere. And so now we've got it more manageable. I hardly ever see any. You mean like the, the ones that jump? No, no, those are, all bets are off on the jumping spiders. Uh. <laughs> like, I will, like, taste you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, they're, they're about the size of, I mean, they're pretty big. And they got, like, the long legs. But uh, the, one of, the, as it was explained to me, they're actually really beneficial. They eat the bad spiders. Mm. So they keep sort of the, like the the black widows and and stuff away and things like I that. See. So they tend to um, clean house a little bit. I think I might I might know those as fisher spiders. Uh, that might be another name for them. But yeah, like the pretty pretty big and like like to be on brick walls sometimes. Yeah, they're brown, kind uh -huh. of light color. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I get those sometimes. You don't see them until you're right up on them, which is always fun. 
Yeah, and like one, I've had them in some cases just like walk up, walk around the corner, like looking at me. Oh. It, they're they're serious. They're okay, serious fighters. They yeah, they are. They yep. are. It's like sometimes they're like, you think a toupee is like walking across the room. <laughs> like, it's a big spider. Yeah, they can be big, and they're they're gnarly looking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I you know they always say I guess you should be more terrified of the smaller ones, but I'm like I don't know man I've seen some pretty big spiders that are just really scary looking. Also depends on area too. Like here there are some smaller ones that could bother you, but really like black widow, brown recluse, brown recluse. Mm -hmm. and then like a couple of them, um, some of them cyclone spot or them yeah cy I think they're called cyclone web spiders, the ones that make those webs that are like oh. That go they, that look like a cone. Oh, I haven't seen that. They're yeah, they are a little more elusive because they just like they build this cone, like a oil funnel, and they just hang out at the bottom of it. And then when something comes in, they just all of a sudden are there. Oh. Um, and they aren't necessarily they're not like uh, venomous, but they've got like little spurs or something that they'll they'll fuck with you with or something. Mm -mm. Yeah. No, I'll world or no. I am totally not trying to exploit your yeah. greatest fear. I think you are <laughs> a little bit. And then right next to the spider thing, I guess it's a typical fear. I, I, I'm not a really big fan of snakes. Mm. Um, so I, I remember going through a few haunted houses as a kid, and they kind of have like the simulated webs and stuff and like the simulated snake sounds, and those were always terrifying. More mm. terrifying than the guy with the chainsaw Yeah. at the end. That is weird how that works. Yeah. There's a lot of good reason for it, though, apparently. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I have gotten a lot more comfortable with snakes, but there is this seriousness. There's a sensitivity, I mm -hmm. think, that is almost, I find, impossible to totally overcome. Mm -hmm. And other people claim to be able to do it, but I really don't think. Like, there's this old story about Darwin, about him, like, uh, observing a snake who was in a containment or whatever and he kept trying to figure out if he could override the part of his brain that like so i think it was a cobra and i oh. think he would he could like put his face up to the glass and the cobra would would you know try to scare him or whatever and he couldn't override the part of his brain that pulled away from it or whatever and yeah. it's yeah. not quite the same as a different object like your your friends I've thought about this. Like your friends can pretend to punch you or something and you can you can manage to not jump. But I think if a snake strikes toward you, you can't I'm I don't think you can override that. I think it's a part of your brain that's geared for survival. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, well, I don't know if this maybe it was back before, you know, we realized certain things were venomous versus other things and it's just better to avoid all these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. To be careful. But I, it's to the point where I for a while even with snakes and spiders, they just, you know, I was trying to determine one snake in our yard if it was um, like a baby copperhead or not, mm. and it wasn't. But, you know, you kind of got to scroll through all the pictures to tell, and I'm just like, this is, this is too much. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not equipped for this. Yeah. So, like, other things, you know, I can watch, you know, horror movies, blood and guts don't bother me. Um, I actually remember for was our high school and was it our anatomy class we got to go see an actual cadaver oh that had been dissected and all that stuff and you know i was all up on the table and 
a lot of people are like, I can't handle this and things like that. No, but just like spiders and snakes, just not, you know, not, not okay with things that kind of creep along. I can understand. Uh, my greatest fear is death. Oh. And like my own death. Yeah. And uh, when you talk about that, like when I really have to, I think, confront human mortality on a different level or something. Um, yeah, that fucks with my psyche or something that like that makes me feel some things. Yeah, that's why a lot of people have a hard time with this time of year. Mm. I think. With like Halloween and with general? Halloween and horror movies and things like that, it does put death front and center. It does. I mean, I like the darkness and I like the twistedness and the mm-hmm. folklore and the whatever the tradition of it all. I love the imagery of it all, but and, and maybe there's something a little peaceful, maybe there's something a little cathartic about giving into that darkness mm-hmm. uh, in some kind of way mm-hmm. or something. But yeah. It's like I, I have been. I've been um, watching Tales from the Crypt on oh. repeat this month. Yeah, just like marathons of it, and some of the episodes that really get you in in your in your death thinking, like the episode. Do you remember the episode about the guy who traded? He took all the nine lives from the cat. Try. I've seen so many. Yeah, there's Speaking. there's a lot of episodes, yeah. but this guy got snatched off the street and was like, or not, he, he got found on the street and was like, Hey, I've got this experiment. Do you want to participate in it? He was like, what is it? And he was like, we're going to insert a cat's nine lives into your brain or whatever. Oh. And he was like, uh, sure. And he, and he does it and all this. And he, so he goes through the episode, just like dying in all these horrific ways. Oh, and something about that was like, no, <laughs> like it really made you think about, uh, like your own your own death. Yeah, it made you. It just made you connect with it in a different way than the more distant idea of like, oh, a zombie or something. Yeah, like oh, it's it's gonna happen one day. Yeah. So it's like, uh, and then watching all these horrendous deaths happen, you're like, ooh, I don't know if I not that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I would like the idea of dying over and over and over again either. Mm. I think that would be kind of. I don't know. I don't think I would like that. It's all one and done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Move on. Yeah. Understandable. So out of Tales from the Crypt, uh, uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark or Goosebumps? What are you picking? Oh, I, I think I watch Are You Afraid of the Dark more. Um, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I would have to go with that one. But, but mm, depends also because... Goosebumps, um, the books are really good. Mm. So it's like, uh, I don't know. It's, so like, it's like asking parents to pick their favorite child. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> so, but I, I, I do remember watching Are You Afraid of the Dark the most and just getting really excited when the little match would come up on the screen. Yeah, and that weird, that. oh, that noise. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that one means the most to me for sure, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Because it was what I watched as a kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about Goosebumps as much. Uh, Tales from the Crypt, I didn't really care about until, like, actually, till this year, I didn't really. I, I had seen some episodes, but didn't really know what the show was all about. 
and then realizing it was on HBO and it was more like mm-hmm. it was pretty much adult. Are you afraid of the dark? Right. You know, um, and it's there's some really really good stuff in it. There are some really good ones. But my memory, my like attachment to it, obviously just doesn't run as deep as Are You Afraid of the Dark. Yeah, I I think I appreciate the ones I used to watch as a kid a lot more. And I I'm a child of the '80s, and then so I don't. I'm sure other people who grew up in the 80s can relate some of the things they would make for children back then were truly terrifying yeah. they had no problem just scaring you like yeah. flat out at all and um so i would rewatch stuff i'm like they would show this to us on tv no like, kidding and just put commercials in the middle of it and be like Have fun kids <laughs> good luck sleeping tonight yeah it's a different thing do you remember your most terrifying are you afraid of the dark or show or I whatever. don't remember that. I do remember, this is going to sound really probably weird, but I do remember watching The Secret of Nim. Do you remember that? I do. That scared the crap out of me. Really? As a kid. I don't know what it was, and but they would show it to us in school. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this thing? That one I remember as being like the only animated movie that I know of at the time that had a cuss word in it. Oh. Yeah. Because the mouse said, damn, at one point in the middle of the movie. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, what? How did they, what? I just couldn't wrap my head around that as a kid. I just remember, I remember that one making the biggest impression. And then I don't know, um, I saw Return to Oz. I don't know if you've seen that. Mm-mm. It's kind of supposed to be like the, the, you know, you have The Wizard of Oz and you have Return to Oz, I think, came out in the 80s. I'm not sure. But it's got the pumpkin head guy and like these weird creatures with like wheels for front hands and then this one crazy witch lady who would switch heads she hmm. had like a room full of heads that she would switch in and out no yeah that, that's a kids movie huh that movie is insane i i remember those two movies the return to oz and the secret of them where i'm just like i that's like this i don't know wow yeah and I watch them as adults now. I'm like, you know, I could see where I was a little worried about this as a child. <laughs> yeah. I remember an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark that really freaked me out. And it was a, I don't know what it would have been called, but I just remember this. Do I even have it right? The memories are all a bit twisted. All I remember is there was a kid that got lost in the woods. Um, and at one point they like, maybe look out a, like the main characters like look out a window or look out something they look somewhere and they see this blue ghost boy mm-hmm. who's saying i'm cold over and over and that memory just really burned itself into my head and i remember being like probably a, approaching being a teenager i might have been like 15 or something and actually like that that got playing in my mind one night when i was trying to go to sleep and in my window like the blind was open oh. and I couldn't deal with it because I just felt like I I can imagine looking down out that window and seeing that friggin kid. And I and it, it like that. I just couldn't that that memory just real that or that imagery lingered with me for a really long time. There's something really creepy about the idea of seeing something right at your window or out your window at night. Yeah. 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 No kidding. Um, or in mirrors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the uh, the Bloody Mary stuff. Oh, I did that. Yeah, yeah, like a dope, and g- like in our gym locker room, I was we were like, well, let's turn the lights off and do it, and you're like, what are we doing? Did it work? No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, sad to say, it didn't. Bummer. Nothing happened, but we did that. 
Did Candyman. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Did you ever do that? Uh-uh. Yeah, you would um, have someone kind of lay out on the floor, and then you would all be like four or five people sitting around, and you'd put your fingers under the person, and you'd just chant lie as a feather, stiff as a board, and you kind of have to see if you could, you know, lift up the person uh. with your fingers. It- Supposedly it's happened. We were no- I- We would all laugh way too hard to even make that possible. Uh. But we tried it. Didn't, never got it to work. Never got it to work. Bastards. I know. <laughs> they weren't they weren't concentrating hard enough. Have you ever done a Ouija board? Yes. Really? Yeah. I never have. I will never touch one again. Really? Yes. It was it was uh I will never do it again. Are we in ghost story territory at this point? Sure. Should we do it? Yeah, let's do it. All I have right. a question for you. What's that? Have you ever lived in a haunted house? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah? I, I do have a question. Is it this one? No. Okay, good. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is, today's episode is all about lack of skepticism. It's all about embracing possibility. Yeah. It's not about it's not about being whatever. So ordinarily, I'm not the type of person that would say yes to that. But mm-hmm. one, it's Halloween, so yes. But two, it's also just more interesting uh, to think about it this way. But yeah, so this is true. We could look this up if we want to, to confirm. I lived on a house that was on a road called, I believe it was called Gibbs Street off of uh, Robin Hood Road. Mm. And it was an old house and weird stuff had gone on already. Like, it was creepy from head to toe. For example, my my room was built above a garage and it seemed to be built for like, a set of siblings. I, because the room was like a twin room, I assumed they were twins or something. So that was the story in my head. Okay. I had nothing to confirm that. <laughs> but the room had two beds like built into the wall. Oh. And like cabinets and like a entertainment sort of display and like bookshelves. Like everything was built into the walls, including some, there was a walk-in closet and there was also a secret like storage room off oh. to the side. All this other, there were weird secret spaces all throughout the house, but this is the part that is significantly creepy and true, is that a reporter lived in this house in like the 60s and was was murdered in the house, was stabbed to death in the kitchen, stabbed like 30 times or something crazy, like walked through the house as this attack was taking place. They found a set of boots in the house or, or no, in the bushes behind, uh, in the bushes outside the house. And they found like a trail that led to another bush and that was it. And they, they never found who did this. Oh yeah. Your parents bought this house. Uh-huh. Oh. Did they know before they bought this house? <laughs> I believe so. Wow. Yeah. And they, this, this house has been torn down since I, I believe. I can imagine. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I know when we were looking for homes, I, Specifically, I start agent. Like, you let me know, because <laughs> we're not from here. <laughs> like, if this has been on the news in any way, shape, or form. If anybody yeah. is curious about that story, look up the, the look up haunted or look up murder, murder on Gibb Street, Winston Salem, unsolved Ooh. murder, something okay. like that. Well, you know, I'm gonna look that up. I'm yeah, you definitely should. I'll I'll try up. to find it too. Maybe yeah. I'll post it in the in the YouTube. But what about you? Have you lived in a haunted house? Yes. Uh, so my grandparents on my dad's side, I believe their house was haunted. 
Um, it was built in the early 1900s, and only my family had lived there. It was built by my great-grandfather. And so it just generation after generation. And I remember going over there during the summer um, as a kid because both my parents worked. So we would switch off one set of grandparents each week during the summer and being over there. And it just, you never felt like you kind of always, like upstairs was just spooky for me as a kid. It, it never felt mean or malicious. It just felt like, oh, is there, there's something here. And so doors would slam, like unexplainable mm. slamming of doors. And then for me, and then I would see, you kind of see, I would sort of see things out of the corner of my eye that would just cause you to kind of turn a little, like you're seeing a shadow or something. And uh, I do distinctly remember being in the backyard playing uh, one day and you turn and you see something, I saw something looking down at us from a window. And it was a small window and I'm like, oh, it must be my granddad or somebody. And I thought it was my granddad because it looked like a male, outline of a male. Hmm. And I couldn't make out any facial features or anything. But then you re I realized, like, that's the window that's in the stairwell that's, like, 12 feet off the ground. <laughs> so no one's going to be standing there hmm. looking at us. It was it was pretty spooky. But I never felt – I always sort of felt it was more like a keeping an eye on us kind of feeling. And I feel – which is wonderful because then a few years later we actually ended up having to move into that house. Hmm. And um, all of our rooms were upstairs, and yeah, it was definitely had the door slamming. And it, it seemed like to me the doors would only slam for me when I was, you know, I was living there as a teenager, and I was being kind of an idiot and mouthing off or grumbling and complaining, and then just wham. So it, that would shut me up pretty quick. So should have messed with that Ouija board. Yeah, I was, uh, never. Mm, <laughs> don't touch those things. <laughs> yeah. So my sister claims that in that house. Uh, that so it was a very strange it wasn't built to have my room on it so like if you went up the stairs to the oh god it was a creepy house <laughs> to the left was my little sister's room okay square room and then like through her room above the porch or something they they just used uh, and maybe it's just maybe it was smarter you know uh, they used like every space that was possible to use the house probably wasn't as insulated as it could have been, but mm. it, you know, they used every space. So you walked into my sister's room and then like th through another door and there was like an additional room off the side of her room. She also had a walk-in closet and like, and both of my sisters within their walk-in closet had a wall that you could kind of rip off and move. And then you could be like in the roof, sort of this weird roof portion of the house where there was like extra storage space that's actually where i found that robin hood road street sign right there was hidden in one of those spaces wow so my sister had a room my, my uh, when you went up the stairs to the right that's where my sit my older sister's room was her closet did the same thing move it and there was like weird statues and shit behind that wall you went through her room to another door to get to my room so i had to go through my sister's room to get to my room my room also had a secret room in it, but it's a lot of secret rooms. It <laughs> is weird secret storage places too. Just weird house. But um, my older sister did claim that when I wasn't there, she would like hear things moving around in my room. Oh. And like hear she, she said she tells this story one time of like hearing something that she thought was a gym bag like dragging across the floor, 
and she was like calling out to me to see what I was doing, but I wasn't in there. Oh, that's um, always fun. So it's really nice that that happened in my room. Yeah, not you know, we didn't hear anything else in anyone else's room but yours. Yeah. <laughs> I do have, okay, I have my ghost story I can share with you. Okay. <laughs> Get ready. All right. So when I first moved into this house, it was, so, uh, so, I, so the first night that I stayed at that house on, the, on Gibbs Street mm-hmm. with my stepdad and my mom, my sisters weren't there. They hadn't moved in from like my grandmother's yet or whatever. My stuff, I guess it was because of furniture. I didn't have to move any furniture because all of it was built into the walls. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> like a dorm room. <laughs> exactly. So I just like moved in sooner. So I just was upstairs by myself the whole time uh, or the, the whole, the whole first night that I was there and my parents were downstairs and I was in this new space and it just freaked me out. And yeah, so, uh, it's probably 11 at night. First night being there, totally dark. It was just like creepy, creepy environment. Um, and I'm like lying down to try to go to sleep for the first time. And I start hearing, my parents like screaming my name faintly from what I can tell. And I'm like, that has to be my imagination. Like that can't really be happening. But sure enough, like the intensity grows. Like I can tell that they're screaming my name from downstairs. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is my worst nightmare. So I like creak open my door and like go to the stairs and I just hear them panicking, like screaming my name for help. And uh, I'm like petrified, literally just like I'm 14, something like that. I'm like, well, I can't, this is, I'm not ready to be in my first horror movie yet. (laughs) So, but I, I like creep my way to the stairs and I'm like, what? And they're like, our doorknob fell off. And I was like, what? And they were like, our doorknob fell off and we can't get out. (laughs) I was like. I searched that are you okay? Like, get down here and open our door. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it was it was just like all this like ah Tyler. That's <laughs> like, funny. For a doorknob. So then I had to go in the kitchen and get a butter knife and like pry mm-hmm. on the door until it popped open. And that was my first night in the house knowing that a woman had been murdered in the kitchen. Oh. That was like my introduction to it. Wow. Yeah. Well, your parents really played into the... They sure did. They sure did. That's terrifying. <laughs> That's my scary story. Oh. Uh, well, there was my grandparents' house, so there was that stuff. And then the house I lived in in Chesapeake um, with my husband. Um, a weird house. There was just a really weird vibe to that place. I didn't like it at all. It just it felt heavy. And then... Um, there was always sort of this feeling of being watched, I felt. And it, so you walk in and where the rooms are, there's this long hallway and that's where all the bedrooms, you know, and the bathrooms and stuff are off of. And I just, and the way our living room was situated, the couch was sort of placed along the wall where you'd walk down that hall. So the hall would be behind your right shoulder. And it's just an odd feeling every once in a while, you just sort of felt like you had to kind of like look over your right shoulder, like is someone, because you would literally feel like someone was standing right there at the hall, mm-hmm. either watching you or watching the TV with you or something. It was just odd. And then I remember lying in bed a few times. In the middle of the night, our overhead light would just switch on. 
that happened about three or four times. Mm. And um, I'm like, is it? Why is it doing this? And he was like, oh, you know, maybe it's the wiring or this or that. I'm like, mm, I don't know, man. Don't switch on during the day. <laughs> it seems pretty odd. It's in the middle of the night every time this happens. So it was, it was just, it was an odd house. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was pretty happy to get out of that one. So can you tell me what the deal is with this Ouija board? Or is oh, that- it was just more, we, nothing happened while we were messing with the Ouija board. We were mostly doing it to terrify my friend's little sister. Uh-huh. And you know, mission accomplished, it worked, because we, you know, moved it around and did everything. But supposedly there's like Ouija board etiquette, and when you do your communication and stuff with it, you're also supposed to close it or say goodbye or some aspect of that. And of course we didn't, you know, we're teenagers. We're like, all right, we're done. She's crying in her bedroom now. We, we did it. Yay. You know, and so <laughs> mission, accomplished. You mission accomplished. I just felt like something, it's just, it's, to me, it just felt like something sort of followed me home and I would just sort of see like kind of something moving across like pools of light or whatever. And it eventually just stopped. But mm. I'm like, um, that to me was when I was like, I, I am never, I'm not going to try to talk to anything anymore. I'm not going to try to anything, even if it's just playing with it. Yeah. Like, I, it, it scared me. It scared me enough to where I really thought that someone was in the house and then called the cops. Really? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. It really, it, it to me, it looked very much like something was walking back and forth. Um across because the way it was with our stairs you look down and um like you have your front door the light shines onto the wall where you walk up the stairs Mm. and i was home by myself and it looked like the front door was open and then something was walking across the front door and i realized like, like that door's not open i walked and put the chain on it so it was just odd. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, mm, I'm not, nope, done. I, I really thought someone had broken into the house. Thus the call to the cops. And they probably thought I was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, 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 the movies about exorcisms and stuff have always taught us that if you like open a door to the spirit realm. Better close it. Yeah. And yeah. better know what you're doing, I think. When, I mean, like when I, inter- when I try to entertain ideas of afterlife and stuff, that seems so intuitively sensible to me mm-hmm. <laughs> the idea that the idea that there's a door that could <laughs> that could be opened or whatever uh that there's like the i i mean like the idea that souls can exist separate from a body and that they could exist on two different planes or whatever it just seems like something i would it make it seems like it would make sense mm-hmm. seems like you could it seems like on a patterned way like life, life could work that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, who really knows? There's really been no one to come back and report. On yeah. Like, well, this is what happens, <laughs> you know. So, uh, you have people who you know claim to have near death experiences, but right. You know how much of that is explained by your brain firing things off versus an action. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna claim to know for sure. I personally believe there are ghosts, but I'm not sure there's, you know, some people who debate what they actually are, you know, various other things, because I've heard stories of people who have haunted themselves 
if that makes sense. Like mm. they, they see a vision of themselves or their coworkers see a vision of them. Um, Whoa. Yeah. I, I knew someone who he was like, yeah, apparently I walked in 10 minutes earlier, put my bag or uh, put my bag down, turned on my computer and then walked into the bathroom. And then he, the, he came in a few minutes after that and they're like, oh, why'd you take your, your bag with you to the bathroom? Like I, I had just got here. So that's weird. That would be, that's, that's one experience. I'm like, well, I don't want that one. Yeah. I love yeah. that idea though, for yeah. some reason. So it's like, well, is, is that a ghost? Is it like, you know, what do we really, do we know much about like how time works or various other things like that? You know, is it possible you just do so many things repetitiously that, you know, it's just odd. Yeah. Thinking about it. So top if you were if you were putting together a halloween party this year uh-huh. it was going to be like a bunch of like an adult party and it was going to be a theme Ooh. five movies that you could use as inspiration five movies or pieces of entertainment that you were going to use as inspiration for your 2022 halloween party oh that's a good question what would i use what five would you use? Um, I would probably do Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. That's exactly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly I love that movie, it's and it's very atmospheric, and you could do a lot with that. All right. Yeah, so that one. Let's see. Um, I'm a huge fan of Michael Myers, so probably something Halloween-related. Okay. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, hmm. If I was going some, some for something more... Like playful, um, like maybe, maybe like a Tales from the Crypt kind of feel. Okay. Um, there's also oh, so that's three. What would my last two be? I, don't know, I have a lot of favorite horror movies. I don't know if I would necessarily have a theme to them. I mean, you could probably get really, really strange with Dracula, like with you know the 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 blood and the, yeah. the wine and, you know, cobwebs and the vampire decor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then my last one. Hmm. Hmm. I could see where uh, a werewolf movie would be really fun as well. Which same, it's crazy. Exact same list? So not, not exact, <laughs> but same wavelength. Because ah. I was literally the word werewolf was just in my head. My list would be, I like the old, I like old aesthetics, I think. Me too. Uh, I like like, yeah, like, I don't know, 18th, 19th century stuff mm-hmm. almost sometimes. Also 20th, early 20th century, um, but particular, probably particularly 19th century um, vibes. So definitely going Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. I'm probably, I hope this doesn't divide us entirely, but. <laughs> okay. I love the movie The Village by M. Night Shyamalan. Okay, yeah. I just do. I It's not for the twist, necessarily. It's not for, like, the conclusion. It's for... Though I do think the, I do think it's extremely creative what, he, what he came up with. But, uh, like, the wardrobe, the, the style, the, like, the, the oldness of, of, all, of what The Village yep. was. Uh, their sensitivity to the color red and yellow, like... It just, I don't know. It just really ticked a lot of boxes for me. It was me. very atmospheric. Yeah, very atmospheric. So 
for me, it's in that same, I'm talking about visually, I would let it inform something that I was doing. So Sleepy Hollow, The Village, definitely something werewolf. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think they're so interesting and like the weird combination of like moonlight and we change in the moonlight and stuff, which I think also has some overlap with the, with the Dracula folklore, like why, why we have that or whatever. The witch probably is one that I would pick another creepy, awful, like, and I guess, I guess what I'm noticing is in mine, I kind of like that. Like I like them that are part of the characters, like location and almost like isolation or something. You can really play that up here. Yeah, you really could. And I guess in all three of those story examples, there's kind of this like village, like this is a place hidden in the woods kind of thing. So that's four, I think, right? Um, The Witch, Sleepy Hollow, The Village, Werewolf, and then I guess a five. I guess I'll just say, "Are you afraid of the dark?" Just as just to throw in like the campfire story thing. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I can see where the mummy would be a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. Mummy's very fun. I think I was a mummy one year too. Mummy's always found more fun than scary. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. Same. Of course, I mean, I mean they're obviously horrifying, but yeah, I don't know, like. They didn't play to my imagination the same way as like uh, as vampires and werewolves. Yeah, witches and ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Ghosts are ghosts got to be number one. Oh, for sure. Yeah. De- I mean, demons, demons are there with ghosts. Oh, I guess yeah, it depends. I mean, they're their own separate category. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I guess the category just stays right over there in the corner. Yeah. Are they worse? Away. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember watching the exorcist as a, as a kid and just be like, what is this? Yeah. Like, and you know, and then going to the theater and the whole theater's just screaming when she crawls down the stairs backwards. Uh-huh. Like, what? and then of course, yeah, we had a friend that would dress up like the, he was such an asshole, but he would dress up like the, the, the face there's, what was the name of that the character? I can't remember. But he would dress up like that face that would flash up on the screen every once in a while uh. and go around terrifying everybody. And so, yeah, so they're over in that category over there. I get you. Yeah. Were they, were, did, you, did you ever see The Exorcism of Emily Rose? I did not see that one. That one scared the hell out of me. I would imagine. Yeah, it was like, I don't know why. There's tons of them, but some movie I've noticed for myself, Exorcism of Emily Rose. Uh, what is it called? I never remember the name of these movies. The no. There's a director who made like two series of movies that have some connections to each other, um, that are all like haunted house and and lights and wardrobe and they're they're just like ghostly uh what i can't think of what they're called they both have singular word names that are like the conjuring yep yep conjuring and the other one uh insidious yep yeah thank you so much you saved me from dead air uh (laughs) The Conjuring and Insidious, mm-hmm. those th- those are in a 
category with uh, the exorcism of Emily Rose, I think, in my book, and the Am- Amityville horror. Like, they're so, it's so, it relies on storytelling and like classic Hollywood sort of movie making yeah. rather than like special effects. Like, it's not like wardrobe and lights aren't special effects in some kind of way, but they're, you know, they're not computer generated like ridiculousness. Yeah. Then it kind of loses its like, oh, maybe this could happen kind of feel to it. Exactly. Yeah. I love those. I love the simplicity of that approach to scaring the hell out of people. And that tiny little bit of truth that's sort of inserted into each one. Like, you know, Ed and Lorraine, Ed and Lorraine Warren did exist. You know, they were real people. Yeah. And, um, and the Amityville yeah. thing. Yeah. With the uh, murder that happened in the house before that. Yeah. So. Yeah, Amityville. And it's. Man, that one that one shapes up nicely. Um, the the word Amityville is so scary, and then like the house that looked so scary. With, with windows that looked like eyes. Yeah, yeah. And the weird, um, I can't remember, but I think I looked into it, and I think that the 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 Ketchum character was real or whatever. The um, in the later in the later one, I think there was like this just murderous person in history that like was responsible for killing a lot of people that they tied the story to or something culturally anyway um yeah just i've only seen the first original one yeah which is the best one yeah it was pretty good yeah and i mean that that story's no joke but i mean do you know about the you know about the charlie lawson story the lawson murders Uh where he uh here in north carolina yeah i do yeah, here in Stokes County, yeah. like right up, right, right by, right down the road. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't believe that that isn't been made into like a major motion picture. Yeah, it, it, it's a lot of times truth is scarier than fiction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one's hardcore. That's a wild story too. Yeah, it's it's dark, dark. Yeah, maybe that's why. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. But, you know, they haven't been afraid to touch on really, really dark things either. So Yeah, and Hollywood's dark as shit. I don't know if it's perhaps time period-wise. And, you know, I, I think a lot of the horror movies you see do sort of reflect the time period. So I don't know if, you know, maybe we're more interested in, you know, horror that comes at us as opposed to our own inner demons mm. kind of thing at the time. I don't know. Could be yeah. interesting. I don't but it either. would make a good... A good spooky movie. I'm pretty sure, like, it's been, I th- that might have happened in, like, 1929 or something, is what I'm thinking. Uh, is that right? It might have been the 30s, but I, for some reason, 29 stands out in my mind. But I want, I can't. <laughs> I have no fingers. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Would you like I me would, to look it up? That's it, fine. Okay. But I, I, I would imagine that story must be, like, in the public domain or whatever. Uh, like the rights to that story. I don't know, yeah. Then again, I don't quite know how that works. Exactly. I mean, I know that, like the Jeffrey Dahmer thing, that was like a, that was a thing. He had to, Jeffrey Dahmer's dad or whatever had to sell the rights to that story to be told. That's true. So if there are any relatives of this family, do you have to go through, go mm. through them to get to it? Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. But that's the, yeah. So. Well, eventually someone will. I'm sure they will. Mm. As soon as they're done remaking everything that's already been made they'll do something original speaking of which you saw the last halloween right uh, is it what's it called halloween ends yeah 
I hated it. Really? I hated that movie. I am a huge Michael Myers fan, and I've, I've seen all the Halloween movies. I've watched them multiple times, and I just, mm-mm. I wasn't impressed. I don't know what he was thinking. I think you posted something that was like, well, basically that Michael Myers wasn't in the movie a lot. I, yeah, so, you know, if, if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to listen to this, there are a couple spoilers, but the, Michael Myers was living in the sewer, like the clown from It. And I'm like, what is this movie? Why is he down here? That he's been down here for four years, <laughs> and he did, yep, just chilling, occasionally dragging people in there and killing them. And then it just, I don't know, it kind of turned into this weird fever dream movie where I'm like, I don't, I'm not getting a horror vibe. I'm not getting a Halloween vibe from this. Mm-hmm. And I think they did Michael Dirty in that movie. That was not a good send off. So um, you. you I'm guessing are familiar with the entire catalog thing. I've seen all of them, and uh, there are people out there who are like way into the nitty gritty yeah. trivia. But well, I think my like I haven't seen this one, but I I watched a great breakdown. It was a series last year of of all the Michael Myers history stuff, all the like the weird the weird sequel and like there are the, or the mm-hmm. you know part three I guess that was like oh the one off. Yeah, that yeah. Was, like that was hard. That wasn't about Michael Myers or whatever. Um, and then like, there's people who think that the Rob Zombie is is part of part of the Halloween story. Some people don't. Some people think that the the third maker of the movies or whatever is not part of the story. So some people think that it basically goes the first two and then it cuts to I, I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, what 2018. Yeah, maybe 2018. I yeah, I think it's the first movie, then the 2018, I think. David Gordon Green, I think is his name, uh, that did it. Yeah. Who I just, no, dead to me. Did he do this recent one too? He did. Huh, so he ended it this way. I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know. It was awful. And I did not like Halloween Kills either. But I'm like, this at Halloween Ends, to me, was worse than Halloween Kills. They should just left it at 2018. I feel like it and it was a perfect send-off. It was a perfect ending, you know. Mm. She was kind of reunited with her family. You know, they defeated, sort of defeated them, but did they really, you know? And it just felt it was a good way to to say, you know, till next time. Yeah, I think other but, people felt that way too. Yeah, they, but then they just had to drag it out for, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Very disappointed. And it's just, I you, you could see in Halloween Ends where they're setting it up for future movies with the new guy, Cody, Kobe, whatever his name is, I think. But I'm like, I'm not here to see this dude's origin story. Mm. So, but you kind of felt like you were watching a little bit. Interesting. Yeah. And I don't feel they, they were very uh, consistent with Laurie Strode's character. Like she was a complete hot mess in 2018 when Michael was behind bars, gets out in Halloween kills, He's God knows where. They don't know where he is. And she's baking pies and at one with the universe and completely like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> you're okay with not knowing where he is, but you're a wreck <laughs> when he's locked up. So it makes no sense to me. Yeah. So I'm like, what is that? I, the whole theater too. You could hear people going, what are we watching? <laughs> what is this? Damn. And sometimes it's fun to be in a theater and people are commenting back at the movie, but... Well, Halloween Not is, it's like the Star Wars of Halloween, you know? It's yeah. like the Star Wars of horror or yeah. something. It's just like, 
is the most iconic one, I feel like. I think so. You have people who really prefer Freddy, The Nightmare on Elm, which I, I, look, I like the first one. I'm slowly making my way through all of them. I think I'm partway through. I personally don't understand that one. Um, the first one's cheesy and great. Then I, then I got to Nightmare on Elm Street 4. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. This is this is just nuts. And then people like Jason Voorhees, but yep. again, um, I don't know. Yeah, that those two I prefer to like uh or I at least I saw I saw a lot of those movies. Mm-hmm. Um I liked Scream. Oh. Yeah. I think I liked similar with Michael Myers, I think I like something like the the line of like, yes, yes, it's a monster, but also a human. Mm. Scream, mm-hmm. it's like they Scream is fun because they celebrate so much like horror slasher film within the stories. That's true. But you're you're like in this it's you're still you're walking this line of like acknowledging that these things are Halloween, they're they're figments of your imagination, they're superstition, but they're also real and they're also killing you and all these things. In Halloween, the mo- those movies really explicitly kind of walk that line of your uh, Michael Myers kind of does almost have superhuman sort of powers in some ways or whatever. Like he's always living. Uh, Like the Jason and Freddy stuff. Jason I can't speak to because I actually, I don't think I've seen any Jason movies, but the Freddy Krueger stuff, I guess for me it's just so explicitly monster that it goes a little bit toward the category that I find less thrilling in some way. I think I I like the middle road a little bit more personally. I mean, as someone like myself who's very fond of sleep, like having my eight hours, I could see where not being able to sleep is crappy. Yeah. But I just, I, I don't know. He's just always seemed very over the top in that sense. But it, it to me, it was more fun. Yeah. And like, ooh, I'm going to go get scared. It's just more, I'm, I'm going to go watch this horror movie and probably laugh a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's that category. Yeah, which is nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but absolutely. it's not my, not my thing. Yeah, I, my favorite version of the, Have you seen Tucker and Dale versus Evil? Yes, that's like my favorite. Uh, my favorite take on, I don't know the explicit. Uh, this is comedy. Like yeah. this is the sensation of horror, but it's comedy, or whatever. And and no, I, I don't mean to say it quite like that. Like I'm joining a camp because I got nothing against the Freddy Krueger stuff either. Like right. that stuff is fun. But yeah, it's just a it's a it serves a different entirely different purpose, I mm-hmm. guess, than Halloween. I think maybe comedy will make horror a little bit more accessible mm-hmm. to people if they could go and know they're going to be laughed while can laugh while they're also watching some you know bloody scenes happening. So yeah. it kind of I think maybe just removes you back from it just a little bit. So. Makes it more cathartic. In yeah, a way I can too. see where it makes it a little bit more uh, accessible to people. What do you think is what what do you th- what comes to mind for underrated Halloween movies? Not Halloween, you know what I mean, but underrated you know, scary movies. I, I don't, I, you know, I always feel that that movie Event Horizon was very underrated. Um, Event Horizon. It's a, it's more of a sci-fi movie probably than a horror movie, but it, I I thought it was really good and really spooky. It's this, it obviously takes place in the future, but they have to go rescue this abandoned ship that just popped up that apparently had traveled into a black hole and back out in some respects like that. And then just they get on the ship and, you know, complete mayhem 
ensues. Mm. Um, so it's when you watch it, it's some parts of it haven't aged too well in terms of, I think like um, maybe the the special effects, but otherwise, I think I feel it's a a pretty entertaining movie. Mm. So I, I think it's pretty underrated. Um, I need to try this out. I haven't seen this movie. Yeah, I it's. I always like watching that one, and it it, it kind of you know brings up the 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 dimension question and yeah you know like good versus evil you know inherentness of evil kind of thing which is interesting yeah i'm trying to think if i had one and i actually didn't i just asked that question totally impulsively but if what movie were we just talking about a minute ago uh if the witch I think the rich might the witch might be a little underrated. I don't know a well, ton of the, people have seen uh, that. The recent one that where they're like the New England village where they leave and go set out. And the, yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good one. Yeah, it's a creepy. And to me, those are my favorite kind of movies, um, simply because you don't really know: are they really seeing something? Are they all slowly going insane? Um, you know, I heard a theory like it's showing you people who are starving to death. Yeah. And like, is this what happens when, you know, people run out of resources? That is what I got from it. Mm -hmm. I landed in a place where I was like, this is kind of revealing to us this, like, it was almost like a stick. The director of those movies is odd too, because he really seems to like witchy, like folklore symbolism Mm -hmm. and stuff. And it's all, he also plays with this thing of, is it real or not? kind of thing and in other in hereditary he oh yeah that movie he was just like it's real but with the witch it did seem to me more like he was revealing to you throughout that it was only so real yeah particularly i think of the scene with the crow do you remember the scene with the crow yes yes it was like it would seem too weird to show her sitting there experiencing that juxtaposed with her perception of it and it seemed like he was telling us something then it seemed like he was telling us like this is the cr- the crow is telling us like this is what's really happening yeah or something yeah that that movie i i, I saw that one in the theater and i'm like wow this is you, it's it's one of the ones that kind of stick with you a little bit afterwards you're like hmm and i, I think those are the good ones where you sort of work through it in your head a little bit the possible theories oh i do have one more underrated one um I do think Autopsy of Jane Doe is really good. I haven't seen that one either. I've that seen that pop up on Netflix a million times. I love that movie. So I think that one, I don't think that one got as much credit hmm. as it deserves. It's really good. Again, uh, got a witch, witch theme to it. That's pretty cool. But um, I think that's why also, um, I don't know if you've seen The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. I've, um, seen it. I've never watched it. Really good, I think. Um, but, you know, and it's wasn't through the second time watching it. I'm like, you know, they seem to be highlighting this black mold stuff growing in various places in the house. So it's like, are these people, are you seeing ghosts or are you prolonged mold exposure? Right. You know, it's, so it's, I kind mm. of like that idea of, you know, what's, what's really happening here. Yeah. And it's kind of like with your own experiences. For me, whenever I, right, the stories I've just told, it's like, it could be a perfectly plausible explanation for all of it. Yeah. But I think when your brain kicks into fear mode, 
Absolutely. You know, it's just like, no, that physics no longer exists or whatever. Yeah, your mind can fill those gaps sometimes. Hereditary was one of the scariest movie experiences. That is a one and done for me. Really? Yep. (laughs) I, that was, I've seen a lot of movies, seen a lot of scary movies in theaters. This one was one, I saw it at Aperture. I saw it in Studio 3, which is a, it's a smaller of the four rooms there. It's not the smallest one. Mm -hmm. People are very, it has like theater seating. People are kind of like in that space together. I remember, (laughs) (laughs) I remember when the girl was sitting in the, oh, when the mom was driving and, and just was driving and like kind of panicked. And then out of nowhere, she hears, oh, yeah, the guy behind me just like, like screamed. It was the only time I've been in a movie where I actually heard somebody scream like, like he was freaking the hell out. Yeah. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, that, I mean, when that light post scene, like that was a mind fuck of an experience. Yeah. You never knew what that movie was going to do next. Yeah. And until you get to the end, you're like, they went there. <laughs> I'm like, they just went, you know, kind of balls the wall crazy with yeah. it. I respect that. <laughs> I'm never going to watch this movie again. And I, you know, my friend Shannon, she saw it in the theater and she, yeah, her, her thing was when she saw it in the theater, the part, I can't remember if it's the part where she's sawing off her own head. Oh my God. Or if her headless body floats up into the treehouse. But she said the lady in front of her was like, oh dear Jesus, this just isn't right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is this movie. And that's, my husband's like, I'm not watching that anymore either. I'm yeah. like, I don't know what that was, but. It was so hardcore. Did you see uh, Midsummer? I did. Did you like that one? I did. A little long. But it was good. a little long, yeah. Yeah, I saw that one in the theater, too. That one is maybe in a category of... Uh, I can't remember the cat... I can't remember what else is in this category. There's there's this category of twist that I think is fun. Maybe maybe you could put it in a category to some degree with like something like Edward Scissorhands. Like you, it's, a, it's a combination of horrible, horrific imagery and the total opposite of like idealistic imagery or idyllic imagery. Oh. And I love that one because it's all bright and sunny and everything's beautiful. And like even even the iconic moment of the cliff jump. Yeah. It's like everything looks so heavenly. Yes. And then that happens and you're like your brain doesn't know how to like put that in there. You know, if it was all at night and people were all, you know, looking all serious, that would be one thing. Your mind would probably be a little suspicious of what you were about to see. But you were seeing like this. It's like great, like oh, everybody's like having this beautiful ceremony, and then you see like the most graphic thing you could see. They did in broad daylight in front of complete strangers. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like they're like, man, yeah, these people are just gonna walk off a cliff. Their time is done. Mm-hmm. You're gonna see their faces. This is our way. Implode, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. For me, I've always been really fascinated with the category of folk horror, where it it sort of the movies that sort of harken back to the pastoral kind mm-hmm. of old ways. Hell yeah. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, in a lot of ways, you know, superstitions still kind of exist. So movies that sort of like The Witch, uh, Midsummer, um, that kind of play yeah. on the arcane. I'm all about Americana. That's like my, my soul is like Americana. And so anything that's kind of appreciative or celebratory of past sort of perceptions I tend to 
I gravitate toward that for some reason. And it's not out of like thinking that they supersede the present or something, but I think they inform the present Mm -hmm. and like folklore like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I love to, I love to sit and think about like how much sense these things make. Cause there's bound to have been other monsters and uh, there are there, there's, there's, there are other conceptions of evil or of death or of like monstrosity that have been lost to time or that just aren't as mainstream that Mm -hmm. are like parts of different traditions. But these particular ones have, have like stood the test of time for some reason. Mm -hmm. And it's because they make so much sense. Like the idea of a dead person being alive makes a lot of sense. The idea of like the, the vampire who like, I think sometimes I sit and think like there's a, there's a person in the world that sort of represents what a vampire represents to us. Mm-hmm. And that's like why that stands the test of time. I think mm-hmm. there's like, there's like a person who, who like sucks the life out of other people for their own, for their own sustenance and for their own like pleasure or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like those people dominate like every, every environment that they're in or some shit like that. And like, and I mean, there's like obnoxious guests that if you invite them into your house, you regret it. You're you know? a drain. You're like, oh. <laughs> I think that these yeah. things are almost like, you know, like abstractions of just like the worst people you interact with in life. The, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it also like Dracula's, my understanding, he's based off an actual historical figure, which is. Right. He did some pretty interesting things with oh, yeah. stakes and stuff. So, interesting to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I don't know, it kind of always, I, I feel like with me with folklore, it sort of makes you wonder, like, are we really that evolved? Yeah. You know, are we really any different from the people two, three, four hundred on back years ago when you're confronted with something that's, you know, you're in the woods at night alone, something's out there. You yeah. know, or you have people who are doing, like, these really strange rituals and you're the target of it. You know, how objective... When you're terrified, yeah, are you going to be? I think not very much. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we are different from those people, and that's that's what pisses me off because I think that we love to assume that. I mean, also with like religion and stuff, people love to assume that we're so superior now than oh, the people yeah. who came up with this stuff, and it's just like I just don't believe that that's true. I just don't like. I don't believe that you can. I don't think you can simplify religion or folklore or like traditions down to just like stupid superstition. I think like they're they're way more complicated than that. And mm-hmm. yes, I think that we we are absolutely still we are still members of the same species that practices those things. We're not different from that species, and we're certainly not superior to that species. We well, have it in us. Yeah, we seem to think people, you know, from two three hundred years ago were complete morons. And that's not the case. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's easy kind of to judge from fast forward from a place in history a little bit. But, you know, what are people three, four hundred years from now going to think of the things we're doing? Like, wow, that's that is so superstitious and stupid. And, you know, look how they kind of didn't use logic in this instance. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, we do all sorts of things that yeah. and, and you neg- you negotiate reasons for those things. But mm-hmm. yeah humans aren't just like purely 
it's not like they're inherently irrational and stupid. They're and they're not purely rational and intellectual either. There's 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 a there's a whole mix and match mm-hmm. of stuff, and I think it's a little short sighted or a little overly simple to just put the things that we've been talking about into this category of foolishness. You know. Yeah, we still have the same pressure points. Yeah. You know, the dark, death, mm-hmm. the unknown. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me ask you this. We're, we might be, I don't know how long we've been going, actually. Um, <laughs> I think we, yeah, we'll, I guess we should wrap up par- fairly soon. Okay. Um, okay, one time, uh-huh. I put together this Halloween dinner. Oh. And it was, so <laughs> these are the features that I put in it. This is like a tip to anyone who wants to do this. I, I should really put this on like Etsy or something. I don't know where you would put something like this, like a, a dinner list. Oh. But if you if you have anything to add to it, you're welcome okay. to. So I did. I did rice with red food coloring, and they were called uh, vampire baby teeth. Nice. I did breadsticks, and those were mummy bones. I did. <laughs> I did. Um, I think I did like chicken or something, and it was like werewolf. I did. I did a totally empty tray. That was called ghost beef. Uh, <laughs> nice. Um, I did vegetables. <laughs> Those are very scary. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're a kid. Absolutely. I I think I must have done something else, but I can't think of anything. But oh, yeah. if we can add anything to it. Uh, we had a Halloween party once and with the food thing, um, jello for brains. Jello for brains. Uh, gr- uh, peeled grapes for eyeballs. Perfect. And spaghetti noodles for like like intestines and stuff. Oh, that one's yeah. rough. Yeah, <laughs> we <laughs> and it was like one of the secret boxes where like put your hand in here and what do you feel? Uh, and, you could eat these things for sure. Yeah, you could really do it up. Yeah, what else? You could eat. Okay, there's something you could like do blackened beef or something, and you could say I was a black cat. Sorry, cat. <laughs> <laughs> All the cat lovers out there are like no. <laughs> I'm sure you could. It's also the beverage category. The witch's brew. The witch's brew. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Do um, you know Homestar Runner? Do I know who? Homestar Runner. Mm-mm. Okay, I'll send you. I'll send you a link. Okay. Uh, that's why I said the witch's brew. Oh, witch's woo. No brew, oh, brew. but Homestar talks kind of funny. Oh, so okay. That's what he you're says brew. <laughs> Yeah, so there's, I, mean, there's, I think there's a lot of fun ways you could do up a Halloween spooky dinner. Okay, so if if people have m- more ideas to add to this, I, I would encourage them to. I, I really would love if uh, we started doing more comments and, and stuff. Um, so add your ideas to yeah. the Instagram or something. I think we need more house parties again, too. That we do. Um, for sure. So I think that's one of the things that's been lost. True. And um, Also, I'm really irritated by the idea of trunk or treating. Oh yeah. I think, you know, I, I if you're if you don't have neighbors, you live pretty far out or what have you, or you're on a main road, I see where it kind of makes sense. But I don't know. Mm. Go talk to your neighbors. Yeah. I I what annoys me about that is um it seem this it not to this is not to venture off of what I was just saying because okay. truly I am trying to have a, I'm trying <laughs> to put out a more positive message toward all communities. Yes. 
including including those that I came from, which I, I for a long okay, so you don't know me very well at all, but um, I have a I came from a religious community that I didn't really feel very fondly of for quite a long time, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to like not really make my criticism of them like a, a big part of who I am. I like I you know I don't know it's just not. I think there's been enough criticism of uh, religious communities and at least the shallow version of those criticisms. I think there are criticisms that are valid, but um, the, sh- the shallowest versions of those criticisms I'm trying to be done with. Mm-hmm. But I do notice that the trunk or treating thing is often like this weird, like Christian interpretation of Halloween where we're like, we're not going to do it how everybody else does it. And we're not going to just let our kids go around in our neighborhood. We want them to only interact with the people within church that's the only people we trust and i feel mm. like that there's like a distrusting thing about it that's I not think, very neighborly or yeah something. i think that's kind of something we've kind of lost is the the you know we we tell our kids for obvious reasons not to trust strangers and don't talk to strangers and various things like that but i think one of the great things for me as a kid with halloween is like you know it's it's stranger opening their door up to stranger there's a there's a nice little trust issue yeah. or a trust element to it where you have people you don't know who are opening their door to you and giving you a piece of candy and wishing you a happy Halloween and we're all having a good time together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know people who will do like the trunk or treating a, a day or two before and then they'll do the trick or treating in the evening. I, I think for me, I don't like the idea of it replacing trick or treating yeah. in the sense of it's one, it's, it's an old custom that I think would be kind of cool to hold on to. But I think we're, to some degree, unnecessarily terrified of people we don't know. Um, and I think not doing that, I, I think having trick-or-treating, you know, it forces you to interact with people, like maybe your neighbor you don't even like, or someone who just moved in that you don't know. Yeah. Or, you know, various people you normally wouldn't talk to. It, it's does, it does get you kind of around the neighborhood, seeing, talking to people. Yep. Which I think is important. Yeah, and I think that's the that's the one thing that I feel like is the plus side of neighborhood life compared to where I'm at or whatever. Because mm-hmm. I don't get a single trick or treater. <laughs> can't imagine why. I know. <laughs> I I was joking this year I might just go down to my neighbor's house dressed like this and ask them if they'll give me things. Like, I'm sure they would love that. Give me stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I won't even say trick or treat. I'll just say give, give me stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we don't really get to do any of that, and. I and I I drive through Ardmore in Winston and it's just like man everybody's decorated their house all crazy even in downtown Rural Hall like where like our version of Ardmore yeah I've heard that's pretty yeah I mean it's uh, there's a house there's houses up there that the decorations way surpass what what they do in Ardmore it's like what are y'all doing one guy has like he's just bought everything you can buy so there's no theme he's got like an R2D2 and then I he's got it. like a 30 foot skeleton and I love like, the random stuff yeah, yeah it's so ridiculous like we went with the theme everything yeah yeah you wait you did go with the no, theme no i like it when people who go with that theme where they just put a, yeah, yeah, a mix yeah, and match of a ton of stuff like our neighbor behind us did that he has a grim reaper a witch a scarecrow a spider yeah i mean just all kinds of weird stuff that's kind of our set today yeah it's a little bit of everything I like it. Yeah. Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, we've got the old school and the, the new stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and we're honoring our age-old age old traditions. Our age-old traditions, indeed. Very much so. Yeah. So, 
I should probably talk about this a little before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so a year ago tomorrow, mm-hmm. I released my album Devil, which I'll probably, you know, uh, post some stuff about along with this. Um, and yeah, I started the podcast a year ago. So uh, this is this is technically, I guess, like the kind of the one year episode. Like I'm doing a special one year episode that's a Q and A thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is technically kind of the start over. I feel like so. Happy anniversary. Yeah, that's very exciting. So yeah. I guess you could think of it as the last episode of my first year. I, it depends on how you want to think of it. But regardless of that, it's been a full year of this stuff, and yeah. it's been super cool. You're no longer a newbie. Yeah, yeah. Been doing it for a while now. So yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so thanks for, uh, like, marking the occasion with me. Of course. I'm always happy to talk about Halloween, and I'd be very interested, too, if, you know, any of your listeners have any ghost stories, they post in the comments as well. It'd be kind of cool to read that. Please. Um, I think it's something we shouldn't feel bad about sharing with other people. It's just weird things happen. We can't always explain it, and sometimes we underreact, sometimes we overreact, and it's just how, it's human nature. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. We got to talk about one other thing. Okay. Music. <laughs> oh boy. Um. That man. There's no like cool segue for me to say this. Uh, it's just that it just happens to be one of my favorite songs in the world. Okay. Actually, to, I have two. This is interesting. I hadn't thought about this, but one of my favorite songs in the world is uh, "Trapeze Swinger" by Iron and Wine. Do you know this song? Mm-mm. I used to have a tradition of at least, at the very least, I would find some reason to paint my face white for Halloween to go with this song or in reference to this song. And the song, he, the song is like an eight minute or nine minute song or something. And wow. he, he describes all sorts of, it's like some of the most beautiful poetry mm-hmm. ever. But uh, in like the second or third verse of the song, he says, please remember me at Halloween making fools of all the neighbors our faces painted white by midnight we'd forgotten one another and when the morning came i was ashamed only now it seems so silly that season left the world and then returned but now you're lit up by the city he through all throughout the song he's kind of describing this like it sounds like this person he kind of grew up with and maybe loved and had all these memories with and these important moments and then he's kind of imagining when life is over like them kind of un- remembering each other almost in heaven or something. Oh, interesting. Uh, uh, but yeah, that line about Halloween, I loved. Yeah. Then my, my probably my most, the, the artist, the musician whose freedom I admire the most is Tom Waits. Uh, and he has described his music as adventure songs and Halloween music. Nice. And I notice that both of these involve the darkness, you mm-hmm. know. Um, what is your... What mu- what music connects you to Halloween? Oof. I run the gamut yeah. of stuff. I, I do like the horror movie soundtracks, like the the music from there. That that stuff can be pretty good. Okay. Um and then there are people out there, um, like Midnight Syndicate, who just make spooky spooky music. They don't necessarily sing to it, but they make spooky music. Okay. But then I love the classic stuff. Like I love Johnny Cash, um, Ghost Riders in the Sky. I love Werewolves of London, mm. um, Superstitious. I love um, even the Monster Mash going that far mm. back. So those are the kind of things 
that I listen to every year that really I'm just like, oh, Halloween. It really gets me in the Halloween spirit. Nice. Yeah. I think I'm going to make a Halloween playlist as if I can by tomorrow to release with this. Um, that would be good. Yeah. Uh, Long Black Veil by Johnny Cash, too, is another great, love Johnny Cash. great Halloween hit. Yeah. It's uh, got the perfect voice for it, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very serious, somber, deep, dark. Yeah. Do you have you listened to Tom Waits at all? Not much. I know I have a song of his on my Halloween playlist. I can't. In fact, I heard it yesterday, and I cannot for the life of me remember the name of that song. I wonder which which one. But it's on there. I have a list um, on Spotify. It's just hundreds of songs. He's got a bunch of. I bet it could be um, "God's Away on Business." That's a very Halloween one that people think of. I think. It could be Hell Broke Loose. It could be uh, uh, Oh uh well, all the mule variations in Blood Money has has some anyway, has yeah. some Halloween stuff on it. But yeah, his whole I mean, a lot of his stuff is right. great Halloween vibes. I would yeah. heavily recommend. Like Susie and the Banshees and a bunch of other things. I don't know what that is. Yeah, she, they've got some pretty interesting songs. Um, and then who else has done some of the... I'm not Tom Waits. Um, oh, I, need, I, need, I wish I had my phone in front of me because I could just scroll through all the songs that, yeah. are on the, that just play. Well, maybe, maybe what I'll, I don't... Can other people add to playlists? I, don't, I know they can view them. I don't know if they can add... Okay, I don't know anything about that either, but anyway, maybe we'll get some music recommendations from me, and we'll just throw together a playlist. Oh, and speaking of which, I should probably mention, I'm going to be posting about it, but tomorrow, when the episode drops, the t-shirt design will also drop. Oh, yeah. yeah. You want to talk at all about the t-shirt design? Yeah, you asked me to do a a, a spooky red house t-shirt for your podcast, and I obliged. (laughs) (laughs) That's the story. And I really like how that one turned out, so I added some texture, so it... It's got that worn, vintagey look to it. Absolutely, it does. Yeah. yeah. So that that T-shirt design will be available to people for one week, and oh, then oh, very cool. Yeah. So I'm gonna like that's kind of one of the goals for season for round two for year two of this thing is just to make this common um, to do a T-shirt design every week for the episode and just I don't know create a culture a little bit of uh, I don't it's it's not like that lingering you know it's not like they're gonna stay on there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, like all this social media stuff, I don't know. It seems like Rick Rubin does this interesting thing where he he'll post his quote that he's going to post on his Instagram or whatever, and then he'll delete it. Uh, but and as he posts the next one, like he'll delete that one and post the next one. So there's always like one thing on his Instagram. That's fascinating. It's kind of interesting because yeah. it's so different from and and. What is the point? Like, nobody's going to my Instagram to look at my oldest photos, you know? Yeah. Well, that's a lot of scrolling, too. Yeah, it is. I mean, I keep mine. I, I I won't post like some people do. So mine's always less than, like, 250. Yeah. But still, it's just like, why are we, ra- like, it's not like our accumulation of likes on Instagram gets us anything. It's like. That's true. Just one photo might get some people money, but that's only if they're if they have a following of like a million people, you know. Yeah, that's something, you know, as an artist, I I am on Instagram and it's just it's there's always this push to 
monetize your account or to get more followers or yeah. I'm like that's not you know it maybe with my previous studio I did some of that because I was trying to advertise more and it you know was my job but here I'm just I'm trying to have more fun with it and kind of let it uh, do its I, I feel like people respond better in the sense that when you're not constantly trying to sell them something absolutely or convince them of how great you are Absolutely. Or, or something. So it's just sort of just, you know, I'm, I'm just here. I love, I love drawing spooky stuff. And if you enjoy looking at spooky stuff, you know, I post funny memes that I find that are kind of horror Halloween related. And it's 24 um, seven Halloween accounts are becoming a lot more popular, mm-hmm. you know, especially since they seem to push Halloween out the door very quickly for Christmas. They sure so, do. It's yeah. crazy. It's uh, they have Christmas cookies at Food Lion right now. I don't understand this. Yeah. <clears throat> I can't remember if this was the way it was when, when I was younger, but it seemed like, I, I feel like we're just, there's no demarcation of seasons anymore and time periods. It's just, we're as quickly as possible trying to get you to buy as much stuff. I, I think, it, I mean, there is that, and Christmas is the ultimate of that, you know? Like, a lot of these companies yeah. make a lot of their money from Christmas, and, you know, uh, I don't know. And I understand that. I just, for me, Christmas has always just been a lot of pressure. So it's such a, I mean, it's every year for me, I don't make a ton of money. And every year for me, Christmas is this, it's either really sad or really crippling. Yeah. It's either that I like can't afford to really celebrate it in the way that I wish I could. And and it's not like I want to, I don't want to like spend a thousand dollars on my niece and nephew, but I, it's, it's fun for me. I love giving gifts to people and it's fun for me to just kind of do that and like be be like, Oh, I put a smile on your face. I I got my, I got my stepdad, uh, this, I I won't never mind, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, the point being that's a fun experience for me and for them and it's cool. And then when I can't participate in that because like uh, a pandemic happens or something and like, yeah shit goes awry uh that's kind of depressing you know so definitely and we've um i personally i've stopped giving gifts not because (laughs) not because i don't enjoy giving and getting but just more there's just there's a lot of money involved yeah and it's just i would rather just spend time yeah or go out and look at christmas lights or something and here we are on a halloween podcast talking about christmas doing the one thing that (laughs) No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of it leaks in everywhere. <laughs> sure does. Yeah. I, I do very minimal. And same with Halloween, which is our focus for today. It is. Halloween. I, Halloween. I didn't buy any candy to hand out because I won't have any trick-or-treaters. This is pretty much my big Halloween <laughs> celebration. I think. I, but, you know, you went all out up here. I yeah. like it. In our, in our six square feet, we went all out. We did. And we dressed up. Yes. As much as I, as I could find at this late hour. But... <laughs> I found I found some stuff to cobble together. Okay. I think it, I mean, great costume. Yeah, Spider Lady. And my my lovely like Halloween necklace here. That Hopefully. skeleton, I recognize him from somewhere. I think I had one like him once. He reminds me of the things you used to get out of the gumball machines. Uh huh. That would come in the little plastic containers. Yep. Yeah, the weird stuff. That some of them were like impossible to open. Yeah. Yeah, I hated that. And the, sometimes you'd have to shatter them to open them. Or I remember distinctly a few times turning it. And then nothing came out because they were all jammed. Oh, the top. that's devastating. And yeah, as a kid, it's awful. I always liked the sticker ones, but it was always the same thing. I would be looking at one, I'd be like trying to visualize, I want the one that has like the clown face on it. And then I'd get like 
the Hispanic girl in the jeans that said like juicy. Oh yeah. I always get the star that's like, good job. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> like, where's my ghost? Where's yeah. my you know, rip off? But as a kid, I think it taught you to deal with the randomness and disappointment that sometimes happens in life. Yep. You're like you're not always going to get what you want. Sometimes you get a sticker. Absolutely. With the word juicy on it. Something about the that little white envelope just coming out was was really exciting though. Like it was weird. It was very official. I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we have missed that is important to Halloween. Oh, I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff. We covered candy. Candy. Movies. Costumes. Movies. Ghost stories, haunted houses. That we've covered quite a bit. Music. Music, Halloween music. Food. Food. Mm-hmm. Do you think Halloween will ever change in the future? Do you think it's something that's going to morph into something much different than we have now? Not in lifetimes of people that would hear this, I bet. Because um, I think those types of evolutions go very slowly, you know? I and, agree with that. And we, we've found ourselves with this culture now that's like feels like I think people feel like it's culturally done you know like it's not like people are inventing new things or there's new religions coming about or whatever mm -hmm. it's like now we found ourselves where we share one world or whatever um I say that but the, yes people are replacing their religions with all sorts of crazy wacky ideas about about truth and about like what about how to express one's identity mm -hmm. you know so like things are being invented Mm -hmm. um, I think if anything, what I worry about and sense is that Halloween will, like other holidays, people will question the meaning and validity and they will look at it cynically and they'll try to like minimize it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I could see happening. But I think that's happening to literally everything that like cynical people are looking at everything that way. Yeah. You know, I... I think it's something that's been around for a very long time and I hope stays around for a much longer time. But again, like I said, I hope we don't lose like the, the fundamentals of it, like the carving the jack-o'-lanterns, like the trick-or-treating and all of that good stuff, like the horror movies. I feel it's become a little bit more popular, um, but like with anything that's popular, it has it waning moments. Mm. So I'm, I'm always wondering when that's gonna be and, and like in what fashion is it gonna kind of mm. lessen. Which would be sad, I think. I should really see how my niece and nephew, what my sister does with them, because, like we're like I'm in a, like I'm in a place in life. I don't have kids or anything, mm -hmm. so like, I felt how, like that year that my friends didn't dress up with me or whatever. Like, the importance of Halloween dipped when I was a kid. There was no question that it was just like it's super exciting to dress up and go get the candy, and then I know, I know some adults. Actually, I don't think I know. I know adults who have kids who experience it that way. Mm -hmm. But I guess there's a question of like what Halloween becomes as life goes on. That's a good point. We're dressed up and like, would we do this if we were 80? I don't know. I like to think that I would. I would hope. <laughs> I like to think I would still have that kid spirit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it is too. It's just being, you know, capturing some of that youthful youthful stuff all and the smartest people say that that's the magic you mm -hmm. know just to, to keep that and i mean i don't have children either so i don't take anyone trick-or-treating but i do love getting trick-or-treaters yeah and i do love i i get this kind of irrepressible joy when the fall rolls around that i'm just like ooh, it's almost time 
Yeah. You know, and like the, but it's, I like the, the old school things like the jack-o'-lanterns and the little ghost hanging from the tree and same. Yeah. Like the, just the cool, like tradition of it versus I do, I do kind of like the idea of maybe more house parties, like friends inviting friends over and doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I distinctly remember, you know, my parents talking about a lot of that happening back then. They're like, it was just fun, you know? Yeah. And less, less commercial. I think I did that the first two years I was here. I don't think I've done it in a while, but yeah, I mean, I, I just having the punch bowl out yeah. and like people music. being dressed up and music and wondering if people are going to dance like that shit is so fun. Yeah. We did a Friendsgiving here once. It was kind of that, but it was off the chain. And <laughs> yeah, parties are just fun. Yeah. Um, maybe I should ask you, like, what do you have a some like what? Do you have like a, this is what Halloween is for me? You know, because some people do the, the um, what is it? The, the day, like other cultures do like the day of the dead mm-hmm. or different things like that. And it's like all about like recognizing family members that aren't with us anymore or whatever. But obviously oh, Halloween yeah. is different from that. But, but then there's a, like, do you, do you, do you have a reason for why you celebrate, why you do it? Why, <laughs> why I still do it? Yeah. Or is it just simply doing it? I think that's a, that is a very deep and loaded question. Hmm. Mm. I know for me, I'm, I'm sort of a giant kid in a lot of ways. I, 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 you know, I get excited by like the littlest things. And I feel like for me, it's sort of a way of going back, back to the past a little bit when, you know, you're just, you have that one night and like your whole world is just that one night you're living very much in the moment. Mm-hmm. You're not thinking about the dumb thing you did in school that day or the test you have tomorrow. It's just, it's a very in the moment kind of holiday, I feel like. Yeah. And you're, you know, you're with people you love and care about usually or your friends. And, and it's, it's also, um, you know, it's, it's not like the other holidays where I feel in, it's, solely family oriented i feel like halloween's still kind of a community holiday you can celebrate together which is nice um so i sort of like that aspect of it and i sort of like the idea that you know i still carve a pumpkin which is something people have been doing for a very long time you know and you still do these kind of ritual things that to me have no sinister meaning behind them but they're Mm -hmm. just you know they're just fun like yeah i'm I'm a grown adult now and I'm still carving a pumpkin and hanging ghosts in my tree and, you know, dressing up. Yeah. So. I love that. And still kind of, you know, look for the mysterious and kind of embrace the, the weird. Yeah. In life a little. There's a weird, I don't know. Uh, the fact, I mean, obviously all the leaves are changing and people associate the changing leaves with like the trees looking dead or dying or whatever, which. You know, they're not dying, but they're shedding their leaves. Um, But there is this, sometimes there's this sense in my head that's like, "Mm, time to hunker down for winter, time to like survive winter. And that's interesting too. Yeah. Because winter is like punctuated with this big feast of, of like the merriest time of all, you know, like, oh, celebrating in the dead of winter. In the dark. In the dead of darkness. When you could be freezing to death and you could be running out of food, this used to be a real concern. You yeah, know, like oh, people sure. would farm all summer and fall, and like 
the reason we learned a jar and can and all this stuff was to survive winter time. Yeah, that's all you got. Yeah. And like uh, in the middle of that, there's this big ceremony of like being happy and stuff. But at the, the start of that whole process, this 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 harvest ceremony that's like associated with death mm-hmm. and that looks like death or whatever. It's very interesting. I don't yeah. know. Whatever we're doing psychologically, whatever we've been doing for all this time is very interesting. Yeah, and clearly we need it or we wouldn't be still doing it all this all this time. So, yeah, yeah it's, it serves a purpose. I think Halloween's the literal precursor to, to Christmas now that we think about it. So, um, Yeah, I, I, I do feel like Thanksgiving sometimes like doesn't really get its due as like food. Yeah. You know, because I, I do love food. So. They are really bunched up together. It's kind of awkward. It's it's fun to have it in November and like break things up, but yeah. I guess the weird thing about Thanksgiving is that like it's a it's like a, an American originated holiday, unlike these other ones. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, and I know it's got some aspects to it historically that people a lot of question, people don't sure. like. Yeah, so I understand that as well. Um, it was just really weird going into the store in September, getting Halloween decorations, and there's pumpkins that say "Give thanks." Yeah. Like what is that? <laughs> yep. Or you know, July as just as early as July, seeing Christmas stuff out. I really feel like a few years ago it was a joke, like, like oh, there's Christmas stuff out before it's even Thanksgiving, but this year, seeing Christmas cookies out before Halloween, I know, was just kind of like, like slow time down a little, people. Really, like yeah. really, and I, I, I think I can understand people buying. Halloween decorations in September. Yeah. I can't understand. I can't understand like before Halloween, like replacing all the Halloween decorations with Christmas mm-hmm. decorations. That's that just seems like the market is so confused or, or like, yeah, quick. Yeah. But I don't know what I, I, I guess they know they must have some reason for. I, there are people doing. who, you know, like me who love Christmas 24 seven. Yeah, um, Absolutely. How I like I love Halloween. Weirdly, I feel like those people are the ones that are most likely to be serial killers (laughs) (laughs) compared to the Halloween lover. Oh yeah, like the people who love Halloween twenty four seven or Christmas. Christmas. Uh, Christmas. Yeah, I feel like that's really creepy. (laughs) There's a little bit of animosity between like the Halloween people and the Christmas people, and like. Look, I, I don't hate Christmas. That's that's everyone's first thing. Why do you hate Christmas? Yeah. I don't hate Christmas. It's just not my thing. So you probably really identify with Jack Skellington when he kind of goes into Christmas land. Is like, oh, I can improve this and makes it all Halloween. Yeah, I, I especially <laughs> identify with him at the end where he's like, you know what? I am the pumpkin king. Like, forget <laughs> this. Why am I trying to like something that I don't like or be who I'm not? I'm yeah. Like, yeah, I'm just a spooky chick. I like yeah. it. I'm a spooky girl. I enjoy my... I do my ghost time. I'm trying to become the pumpkin king of Royal <laughs> Hall. Absolutely. You got the orange going. I did grow that one, which is the biggest one here. Oh, this it, one or this one? The that guy. Oh, the, nice. That one. I grew this this one. Oh. And this one, and the little yellow canary yellow one there. Well, you did better than me. All everything I tried to grow just withered and died. Mm. So I I really need to up my game in researching garden. Uh, survival. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it just all just died on me. 
And it was just, it was quickly too. I walked out one morning. I'm like, what happened to everything? It's huh. all gone. I don't know if it, I, I do feel we didn't get as much rain. Yeah. Did you water them pretty well? I did. Hmm. So I, I don't know. People are like, well, get a rain barrel. I'm like, that works if you get rain, hmm. which we didn't get much rain where we particularly were. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you could store it up, but once it's gone, I, I would assume it's gone until you get it replenished. So just like rain. moisture in the soil, you mean? Well, just with a rain barrel, like you, you could attach it to your gutter. Yeah. And then, cause it, everyone, I've, everyone I've asked like, well, you, you know, rainwater is best. If you could use rainwater on your, even your indoor plants, it oh. works better than something you get from the faucet or your hose. Yeah, sure. Maybe, but yeah, I mean, but I'm like, well, I don't have, so I have to use the hose, but I don't know. I don't know what I did wrong. I don't know. There's like, there, you have to prep your soil. Did I not do that right? You have to give it nutrients throughout. I didn't find any pests on them, but I don't know. It was just odd. Yeah. I mean, I know very little about this stuff, but I, I think there's like basically like three components that soil needs. And there's, there's one component that you can add when you're really trying to add nutrition to it in the early stage of plant life. And then there's another one that might be potassium, or I'm not sure. One that promotes, one promotes like plant growth, and uh-huh. one promotes fruit growth. Uh, and it sounds oh. like you might look into that. Actually, I I have like an expert person that if you want, I could totally put you in touch with her. She does that type of stuff for a living, and she oh, could okay. she could totally she does garden consulting. Uh, oh, and she'd nice. be glad to help out. Yeah, I would like to uh, have a bigger one. You know, this coming spring, a much bigger garden and. Hopefully get a lot of my veggies from there. Yeah. So that would definitely be something I would need to look into because just the yeah. small amount I did, I'm like, well, I, I could never feed myself. Yeah, I did a teeny garden and actually did get a lot of produce from it, but I want to add to it by like, I want to quadruple it next year. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, and more pumpkins. Yeah, definitely more pumpkins. I'm going to grow every variety that's here and probably some more. I want to grow the Caspers, the big white ones. Oh. Uh, I just want, I, I don't know what it is, but I've got some obsession with pumpkins that I just have to grow them. So They're great. That's, I, I, I mean, I'm hoping that it'll be kind of like part of the allure of this place because I'm working on getting shows happening here. I'm working on other kinds of activities that we can do here and if there's like a pumpkin patch here and if like for a fall show, I could have people come and they could have a, they could leave with a pumpkin of their choice. That would just be ideal for me. That would be so. fantastic. Yeah. You certainly have the room. Yeah. So we're just coming up with more fun ideas yeah. to do. There you go. Well, so speaking of uh, next year. Yes. I hope you'll be back. I will. Um, cool. Definitely will. I guess that's it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> um, it's been fun. Thank you for letting me come and talk about Halloween and man thank you for doing it yeah like, perfect artist for it um if y'all aren't familiar with good as dead studios definitely get familiar yeah go check out my website um I have art um you know not pushing any, anyone to buy anything a couple of things on there but mainly it's just you know I have art up there I have links to you know Instagram and the few other places I'm at yeah as well so it's kind of the hub but I think I meant to say when we were talking about that part I think it's better at this stage in the market to be somebody who people say, man, I wish I I saw more of that person. And I've been in that boat and I think you probably have. I mean, I I remember when I, I didn't, I remember when your Instagram didn't exist for a minute and I was like, 
noticed that and was oh. like, that's a bummer. Thank you. Because <laughs> I like I like your stuff. Um, and I think it's almost better in this oversaturated market and this oversaturation of, of, of social media to be like, I don't know. I, I could be wrong, but I've had people tell me, you should use social media more. And I'd rather be on that side of this than people being like, Jesus Christ, I wish he would use again? social media less. God, he's on here again? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would agree with that. And I think the, the minute I was gone, I was just so fed up with social media in general. I, I just, I don't know. I don't like it. I hate social media. Yeah. But, you know, there's only so many places where really where you can show what you're doing and have people see it. And that's where a lot of the opportunities I have right now have come through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was just, I was like, I'm tired of all of it. I del- just deleted everything. And then, you know, I, I, I can't remember the article I read. I, maybe my husband shared it with me, but it was the guy who was like, you know, you can use it and still kind of keep your sanity at the same time. It's like, you don't have to be on there all the time. Yeah. And I think that's one of the tricks too, is just being, um, unpredictable about it. Yeah. You know, I, I have no idea what their algorithm is, why, you know, it, it does what it does. I don't look into that and I'm certainly not going to pay them to show my stuff because Definitely. I don't have that kind of resource. So it's just more, I heard the trick is just to be random. Mm be spontaneous yeah just post days and days later or whatever why not i mean who cares and like i think i'm in a i'm in a cool program right now an accelerator program where i where last week we were talking about digital marketing and like yeah the big emphasis of that was like ask yourself any platform that you think you're using for your business or for your brand or whatever figure out why like what is it you're trying to accomplish with that piece of it because some Mm -hmm. of them are pointless like for me as an artist I have pretty much zero interest up up to eh, anyway in the in pre in in the weeks leading up to this last one I've had pretty much zero interest in being on Twitter uh, because it's just such a I, I still really have zero interest in being on Twitter I think that it's hilarious what's happening with Twitter right now but yeah, I have never <laughs> been on Twitter. I don't understand it. It's just, I, it's like a rude place. I don't know. I just, I think Twitter's kind of useless to me. So it's like a fever swamp. Yeah, it really, kind of is. Yeah. You yeah. just, you, you hear and you just read the most awful things. Yep. And people act like it's, it's like anonymous, but it isn't. It's like confusing, but I, I just don't care about Twitter. So for me as a musician, I have, it does nothing for me to yeah. use Twitter for for what the community of Twitter is. I like the community of YouTube and the community of Instagram. I like mm-hmm. Instagram as like a, a way to identify, like to, to build an identity for a brand. But, you know, like noticing things like in my case, I don't think, I think on Facebook, for example, people are way more likely to click on a video I share from my YouTube channel mm. On Instagram, they're not really interested, I don't think, in something that takes them off of Instagram that is not something that they're going to buy. I would agree with that. Yeah. I would, Instagram doesn't make it, I think it's unless you have a certain amount of followers, very easy to click on anything. Yeah. So, and I just recently, and I hate Facebook, but I just recently got on it, mostly because a lot of the spooky events that go on, they're on Facebook. Yeah. In order to find out any kind of details for it. And it, 
it just really irritated me when they would link to something off of a newsletter to a Facebook page. I'm like, I don't have Facebook. Exactly. So, but I eventually was like, well, I'm just going to sign on it and be very minimal. I'm not interacting with any, but I'm on there as, you know, good as dead studio. But I don't know. There's something about Facebook and just like people who just talk yep. and talk and talk. It is annoying. And talk. Yeah. Some and people are really living their social life on Facebook and especially older demographics. And that's very lame to me. I'm very bored of all that. Yeah. But it is like when it comes to events, when it comes to link clicks, stuff like that, it's a different domain. And it's it's more of a na- like another thing with the gardening groups. Apparently, it's like it's popping off in localized gardening groups. Mm-hmm. People are doing really good with communities that are around a spirit on Facebook and that's really on Instagram not so much that like Instagram is all about brand identity as far as I'm concerned I hear that for some people like book publishers or I would imagine maybe for you you might have different metrics on this but like maybe for visual artists who sell things online or something but for musicians I just I just don't get the sense that people click those links as much I I mean I don't think so I do have like the link tree thing and I can monitor how often people click that and they do occasionally I just think it's more my understanding of Instagram is it's now geared more towards videos mm-hmm. yeah and now he yeah it's a then, real bummer and then to eventually someone convinced me like you got to post a picture of yourself people mm. want to know who you are and so I finally did last night and because I'm like who cares who cares what I look like why should that matter mm having a picture of me up there. But, you know, it was a cool picture with Count Orlock. Yeah. You know, so I put that up there. But it's just, it's things I'm, I'm only going to cave on certain things. I'm not going to cave on everything else. Uh, yeah. Because I'm like, I'm not doing the videos. I'm not doing it. Yeah, don't blame me. That's fine. why I'm here. And I'm, I should be, and I'm still not. And it's, I, I don't, I can't stand the idea of, and TikTok f- screwed up everything for everybody because yes, it's it's, such it's a engineered so apparently so well. So many people are addicted to it and all this stuff, Very and addicted. so it's it's changed the marketplace for social media. But it isn't helpful, and the reason I'm trying to avoid it, and I I did I I've I've I think I've downloaded it. This is my third time I've downloaded it and thought about it, and and now I'm like feeling like I need to do it, but I hate it. Yeah. And it's because I I don't want, like, an image of me is not a miniature version of what I do artistically. Yeah. It's just a, it's like a, it's a, it's a visual representation of me or whatever, uh, if I'm thinking of it in terms of branding. And I don't even take it that seriously. I don't really think of my pictures in terms of branding the way that some people do, but point is I'm not really humiliated if I post a small picture of me and say like this is me because it's not what I do but yeah if I post a 30 second version of music that I make and I think that that's as important as like the full six and a half minute song I think that's where I start to feel like I'm actually sub- I'm actually sacrificing what I really do for the uh for the miniature version of success of that, the miniature version of success being just like 
exposure to the 30-second version of me instead of the six-and-a-half-minute version of me. Yeah, and the, that sort of goes back to an issue I've always had with social media. Back when I had my previous studio and I had more followers and all of this, you'd, you'd be amazed at how many people feel like they're entitled to your life mm. and to details of your life. And just some of the comments I would get, um, just and it was just awful. And it's just, I mean, you know, you don't know me. You don't, I'm not your friend. I'm here posting art. And luckily, so far, I haven't had anyone be, you know, a real jerk about about stuff. But, you know, I just, I got to the point where, like, you're, you're not, you're not entitled to know these things about me, like my, my, my private life. People will post anything and everything about their lives, and that's fine for them. Yeah. But... You know, I'm a, a pretty private person in some regards, and I just don't feel, you know, and just sharing ghost stories is actually a pretty big step for me in the sense that I don't tell a lot of people those things, just mainly because, you know, I'm just like, well, you know, it, and not like, well, because not a lot of people ask. Yeah. But, yeah, it just, for me, social media, just understanding, like, well, oh, you're on here, so you know, why aren't you asking my, ex- answering my extremely personal question about your, I'm like, what? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> like, I don't know you. Why am I going to do this? Like, I'm just showing you art. I'm trying to, you know, Yeah. at, at best, I'm trying to entertain people with like, you know, look at this vampire I drew. Yeah. There you go. For those of you who love horror stuff, here's something to look at in February when Halloween feels far away. Yeah. So this is your Super Bowl. This is my Super Bowl. <laughs> and it feels like it's just it's come up too fast. Yeah, it always does. And then Halloween night like is here and gone. Yeah. Well, speaking of Halloween night, yeah. I guess I'll, I won't hold you up anymore. But um, I'm really glad you came over and did this. And I guess when people see this, it'll be Halloween. So It will. And ha- happy Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween to everybody and to you. Yeah, go out and enjoy yourselves. And if you feel like sharing some, I'm always curious about like other weird, odd stories people want to share. So Hell yeah. I read a lot of ghost stories. I read a lot of other things. So I'm just, you know, if you feel like sharing, share. I would love to read it. Awesome. Yeah. All right, I guess that'll do it. That will do it. Mm-hmm.